A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This one's for you tonight. Okay, let's get started. Two disgraced turtles give the world one final peek to banish all lies, for it is pure truth they seek. Evil is before them, and it will claim them both, for Amy and Riley will now forsake their death oath. This <laughs> is turtle time. Oh my God. My name is Riley <laughs> Hamilton. This is Amy Scarlotta, and I am yet again shocked by uh, your... Uh, emotional depths that you've been coming from with these poems. Well, I just, I want that to let the audience know that you and I are both sort of in a distressed place in our lives. Mm -hmm. Evil is always coming for us. Are you wearing your undergarments? This week? Yeah. Yes, I am. (laughs) And then I wanted to highlight something that I learned about the Mormon church this week, which I thought was very carefully handled, but not scrutinized enough, Mm -hmm. you know, on the show. Death oaths yeah heather was in a heather from salt lake city was in a was during her mission was crafting death oaths yeah did you did you think that was sort of it's very scientology vibes yeah and it's something i they don't i don't think they talk about that very often right because it's like scary a little scary and and pr wise a bad tight or t- name for them yeah right uh what was it it's like you swear on your life to keep their secrets yes under i think under penalty of death oh vow to keep church's ceremonies secret under penalty of death eyes wide shut vibes yeah totally and then heather even gave the um universal symbol for killing yeah do you remember <laughs> and whitney was like what's a death vow and she goes <laughs> was that kind of wild yeah that was crazy i liked um like we're not going to get into it yet, but I enjoyed the religion conversations that happened this week Me with too. Monica and stuff. Me I too. was like, hell yeah, I could talk about this all day. Me too. I loved it. And I also love how Jack's mission is going to affect all of them because, wait, maybe we shouldn't talk about it now. But yeah, let's wait. I, I do. Okay. But I do <laughs> like that it does seem like religion is going to be at the forefront because Jack's, yeah. or what was his name? Jake. <laughs> Jack. Oh, Jack. Yeah, right? the Jack is going to be going on a mission, and it's going to um, 
have a lot of different narratives that form around that. Yeah, How Lisa's and going Heather's to like the Mormon police now because yes. she doesn't want anyone to be Mormon. And if you're not fully Mormon, you're not totally a Mormon. And like she's confused about how you can be partially Mormon, yeah. even though it seems like a lot of people are not as intense as she was. Yeah, and we, and we sort of got the question ans- answered about Lisa's um, yes. orthodoxness yes. in, in the Mormon church. Yeah. I was like scribbling down. I was like, this is just what we were asking. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so... We have a few items to talk about yes. off the bat. So this is turtle time. It is. Right. Yes. And we have, yeah, <laughs> we want to talk about news first. Cause I think so. This was a huge news There's a lot week, going on. Right? Yeah. Um, I guess the first fresh item that I just saw this morning is that Lindsay Hubbard has spoken out. Yes. About her breakup with uh, Carl. Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, right? Yeah. It's like a notes app situation. It's pretty long. I don't think I need to read the whole thing, but it's essentially like, thank you for giving me the space to process my emotions and grieve the loss of not only my relationship, but my friendship with someone I considered my best friend for eight years. So like, they're not even gonna be fucking friends anymore. Like it's going to be bad. Yeah. Um, she said her entire life and future was ripped out from underneath her. Whoa. Um, she's had a hard time making sense of it all with no answers or closure on why she's humiliated, heartbroken. Her trust was betrayed. Um, not her decision. And she doesn't agree with quitting a relationship parentheses at this level without trying everything possible first. Right. Um, so there's more, but you guys will see it, but it's like, I don't know. She's really just a hundred percent laying it on Carl. She, is saying she had no idea that she doesn't agree that she thinks they should have fought harder. Yeah. He, they didn't try everything. Right. So I'm curious to see what the show will have, you know, the months before this will look like on the show. Cause it sounds like they were fighting a lot. Yes. So it sounds like she shouldn't be completely surprised. Right. Um, Craig Conover, um, was on a Amazon live which like a lot of Everybody's Bravo celebrities go on Amazon Live, and they, I don't even and get what that is. I guess you just Amazon pays you as a Bravo celebrity to like you know talk for an hour and answer questions, and then usually a lot of revelations come. Like when Sheena used her Amazon Live, she was like talking about the oh, right. the Tom Sandoval uh, meditation thing that she did, where she was his partner in Utah. Where where did they go for Lisa's restaurant? Oh yeah, Tahoe. Anyway, she was like, it's a place where they they can i guess talk about details of the season i don't know if Bravo is it on likes an that. O- amazon account i have no clue actually i gotta start watching it's confusing. them but anyway craig was like it, someone asked him were you blindsided like Lindsay, about this news and he said without spoiling anything he said that there were a lot of issues this summer for them yeah. that they were all witness to but out of context, he can see why it is so shocking to us if we just mm-hmm. saw what we saw on Instagram, yeah. knew that they were two weeks away from, um, you know, the reservations being locked in or whatever. But he says, I, I thought what he was saying is that there's going to be some, a lot of conflict we're going to see between them. And I don't think we'll be as blindsided by the news once we see what Carl and Lindsay were dealing with this summer on right. Summer House. Did he say if he's going to keep his Mexico reservation or not? He did. He <laughs> said, I, I don't know about you all, but I'm definitely going to go to Mexico instead. <laughs> and I did like in Carl's email that he sort of laid out exactly what they could do like yeah. trip wise. Well, I, thought, I love that he was like, uh, so if you guys didn't see this, Carl, the email from Carl to the entire wedding party or guests 
leaked and it lays out all the options of like how you can either get your money back still take the trip right um take an alternate trip at his expense of switching the reservations or whatever but i love that he was like if you choose to still go to Mexico because of the great group rate. Yeah. He was like, there's a fantastic group rate, like encouraging people to like still use it. I really like that. And it does <laughs> seem like they got some leniency from the hotel for people to still cancel. Yeah. Man, imagine They got that. like a, until I think it was like yesterday, Wednesday, yeah. they uh, had. And so, then, yeah. So we're still going. Yeah. You and I, I mean, but the group rate was amazing. And, <laughs> There is a huge chance that like Kyle and Amanda and different people take advantage of this Mexico trip and we get this runoff from Carl and Lindsay's wedding. Maybe we have, maybe we host a wedding of our own, not you and I, but two people there yeah. to sort of replace Carl and Lindsay's. Yeah. Do you think that Lindsay will be furious with anyone that chooses to still go? I think no. I think knowing Lindsay, she will celebrate that. By the time November comes around, I think she will think... It's sort of fun that people, her family and friends still go on that trip and maybe she would even go. It's literally Sex and the City movie when they have to keep the luxury Mexico honeymoon yes. and all the girls go and uh, Carrie spends the first few days in a Mexicoma. Right. <laughs> and remember we were watching that together and there are no scenes where Sarah Jessica Parker <laughs> and um, what's what's the... Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall are actually Until in the same frame. Until they go to frame. dinner. There's one scene where they, you could possibly say they were sitting on the same side and being filmed at the same time. But if you watch that movie, they did it in a way where I don't think they had to be in any scenes apart from maybe one or two the entire time they filmed that movie. It's kind of yeah. wild to see. Yeah. It was like distracting once and, we and, realized. And like you could see that there will be uh, shots where Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker, Carrie is in the, is in the frame. You see her face and then Kim Cattrall is looking at her, but it could totally be someone in a blonde <laughs> wig, a stand in sitting there. Yeah. I feel like, uh, until Mexico, cause Kim Cattrall does feed, uh, Carrie right. yogurt right. in bed, which right. became clear that she was actually feeding her yogurt. And then which, there, and can then you imagine was... feeding your enemy yogurt on a spoon? Absolutely not. And I'm sure that might have been the final straw to wear. But then they did Sex and the City 2. Yeah. But we haven't, I, I haven't looked at that to see if the same rules apply where they right, can't. Because Samantha's be in that whole movie. Not like in the first one, they banish her to LA. But in the second one, they're together the whole time. I would really like to look at that through the lens of seeing if they didn't actually shoot any scenes together. But yeah. the reason we talked about that, oh, is just because this plot reminds us. Calls yes. to mind Sex in the City. Yes. She's jilted and has to potentially go to Mexico to use her reservation. What if Lindsay goes to Mexico because it's like a celebratory thing? You remember when Ariana Maddox went to her, that wedding that she'd already previously had plans to? Yes. And then she put her Instagram back up and she said, I'm having the time of my life now. She was wearing that like watermelon colored dress. Yeah. It was sort of like, I am coming back into the world now. That was like the first we saw of her and everyone was like, we can breathe a sigh of relief. She's going to be okay. Do you remember LA that night? You heard <laughs> just the deep breath of People relief. People were from clanking pots and pans like for the first responders. <laughs> exactly right. And she said, what doesn't kill me better run. Yeah. That was awesome. So maybe Lindsay could have that moment in November. It'll be a little far, you know, but yeah. if she does decide to go and we keep our reservations, maybe we could make it our mission to make Lindsay have as much fun as she would have had had she married Carl. Mm -hmm. Could you? Is there any way we could have done that? Do that? 
I don't want to hang out with her. Oh, really? <laughs> what if talking to us, she sees herself in a new light and we offer constructive criticism? And We'd have a summit. We have a summit and we sort of get to the bottom of what the hell is going on. Yeah. And then we let Lindsay have one of the best times of her life. And then she moves on to a new happy place forever. And we would have been the cause of it. Yeah. Should we tell her to take Stravi back? I would say definitely reconsider Stravi because I think she was a little harsh on him. Yeah. Also, it was a COVID season. Yeah. And um, there were theories that Stravi was playing Minecraft the entire time in his office yeah. and he wasn't actually working, which <laughs> I will say if that's true, Lindsay did have a right to be a little mad at him. But there was a, I don't know, actually. Do you think Stravi and Lindsay should get back together? I don't know what kind of guy she needs, quite honestly. Can we speculate in the entire Bravo universe who Lindsay should be with? Hmm. I, you know who was good, kind of good? Who? Luke and Lindsay had a little bit of, I would say, fireworks shooting off them whenever they were in the same scene together. I do not see that going well. Okay. <laughs> Speculating further Isn't on Isn't he different... dating a bachelorette or something? I'm not sure. I, I haven't followed Luke since Bravo kicked him to the curb. I think he's dating someone from the Bachelor universe. What about Shep and Lindsay? <laughs> Too horrible. Okay. No, okay. No one from Vanderpump Rules. I mean, Tom Sandoval is not going to start dating Lindsay. Hmm. Schwartz is not going to date Lindsay. What about a woman? Okay. That could be interesting. Sure. Yeah, sorry to only speculate. Bronwyn? Bronwyn and <laughs> Lindsay? Sure. Absolute chaos. All right. Well, we thought about it, and our two answers are Bronwyn and Shep. That was an easy, easy exercise. Love it. Yeah. That was um, my thing that I grapple with thinking about this whole scenario is that, like, Danielle is just fully going to support her now. Oh. And she's, Lindsay's I never going to have to answer for anything she did because now she's in a devastated situation where... She just gets a pass forever because she's so sad. Yeah. And Danielle's just going to spend 24-7 helping her recover from this. Yep. And she didn't get anything when her and Robert broke up. Robert followed us on uh, TikTok, by the way. <laughs> I go, I go, I Robert uh, Siegler, I think his last yeah. name was. I go, who the hell is this? Who's verified <laughs> on Instagram and TikTok. And then I parsed it further. Yeah. And it's Danielle's. Actually, love you, Robert. If you're that, listening, that's amazing. I mean, we've been singing your praises to high heaven for the last six months. So thank God you followed us, and I saw that you're a, a Villa Rosa VIP as well. You signed up to our Patreon. I love that. Thank you so much, Robert. We are huge fans of Robert. I mean, if anything, he made the most impact to Carl. You know what I mean? Like in, in what when, oh, he, when he made he told, him face the facts. That was oh my god. That's why Robert likes us because yeah. we were the ones who said we praised him so hard. Robert defended Danielle's honor like a knight in an old um, <laughs> Arthurian legend. The way yeah. he said, "Carl, can't you see from Danielle's perspective?" And it blew Carl's goddamn he ran away. Mind. He had to run away from Robert's uh, pure. <laughs> he took the mic off righteousness. Yeah, he goes, "Get this mic off me." I I felt like. Um, I'm starting, well, this is just a side note, but I do think people are starting to fourth wall break too much as mm -hmm. a trope. And uh -huh. I, I feel like Carl perpetuated a, yeah. a fourth wall. Like yeah. he didn't need to do that. It was surprising coming from him though, because he's usually pretty, I don't know, buttoned up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Robert is king for that. Would love if him and Daniel got back together, quite honestly. It, 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 I liked that their, that their end was not so tragic and horrific and 
you know, it was just because logistically yeah. it couldn't work out. Like that's an underrated aspect of why relationships fail. Yeah. They still loved each other. Yeah. He defended Danielle. He just um, works too much. He works way too much as a chef. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm afraid. And uh, someone, not to bring it back to Sex and the City, maybe this is why I thought that in the first place, but someone posted a meme of, uh, I think it was like Carrie smashing um, big with the roses outside the wedding that he didn't show up for. And Danielle commented, you can consider me Charlotte from now on because Charlotte is the one that wow. like goes off on big about it and says like, I rue the day you were born or whatever she says. And I'm like, dang, you're because she was friends with Carl too. And now that's over. Yeah. Um, what's that proverb? Like good guys never prosper or you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That, that... old, old <laughs> proverb. Anyway, it sort of is indicative of Danielle and Lindsay, where Danielle is so nice and um, has a good spirit and genuinely cared for Lindsay. And now Lindsay got this, like you just said, the biggest emotional pass yeah. to, um, and then she gets to reap all the rewards of Danielle's good spirit towards her. Totally. But I think I, it just furthers my, um, not, I won't say love, but it, it, my enjoyment of Danielle that she made that decision because yeah. it means that the entire time while she was going through the Carl and Lindsay conflict and she felt so burned by them, it, it makes it seem so uh, true to her yeah. because now she's just it's still in that place. She still loves Lindsay. She still wants to be there for her. And yeah. that's why she felt so spurned by them. And she was right that their relationship was a fraud. So she gets one <laughs> of those rare private wins. Yeah. She's never going to do the, I told you so. But she gets to be victorious just knowing that she was right, but she'll never be the person who says it. Right. I hope that all of those people online, and you know who you are, that said she was psycho and that Carl and Lindsay are a oh. fantastic couple and nothing is wrong and that they were perfect for each other and Danielle was evil and trying to ruin it. I hope you guys really take a minute to think about what you said. Yeah. Um <laughs> The exact opposite was true in every single case. Like, I, I couldn't even, I mean, we talked about it so much, but I couldn't even get into the mindset of someone who felt like that the entire time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Danielle yeah. Is, is fully vindicated and she's not even doing the thing. She's not pulling an I told you so. She is going to be there for her yeah. friend. Like, she always has She's been. a winner. Yeah. She's like golden. Ethically, golden. like... She's not rubbing it in their face. She's just saying, you know, I said I would be there for you, even though you weren't there for me, but I will be here now. And, you know, again, I do think this scenario is sad. Like, I'm shocked that I actually feel so bad for Lindsay Hubbard. Like, I didn't think that was possible. Mm -hmm. But it's obviously like a fucked up situation. Uh, and I'm shocked that Carl went about it this way. So I really need to know what's going on. Yeah. Like what happened if he was just in a fugue state this whole time and snapped out of it and like walked out of the room and was like, I'm never coming back. Like what I'm gonna happened? Be, I'm going to be a stinker devil's advocate. Okay. So this is not Riley Hamilton talking. <laughs> this is the a little devil on my shoulder okay. using my mouth to okay. state an opinion. I believe based off what Craig said, that there is going to be some uh, knockdown, drag out fight between Carl and Lindsay, or maybe a few of them yeah. that will curdle our blood when <laughs> we see it. Like the worst fight you've ever seen, possibly yeah. on television. And that their reactions to that fight, which I think we've talked about this before, are so different to where I don't think Carl can take many of those. I'm not saying that's not a 
criticism of Carl. Yeah. I just think that they have a different reaction to those types of fights. And I feel like when we're watching Summer House, just like how we feel emphatically about that Danielle was in the right the entire time in the Carl Lindsay drama, we are going to see some huge, uh, witness some huge events that happen in the relationship. And we're going to be like, Lindsay, I don't necessarily think this was a blind side. Right. I agree. But that was, that was a devil's advocate. That wasn't No, me I agree. Talking. I think... I think there's totally going to be because remember, like we said last time, Paige at that event or podcast or whatever in July was saying that there's major tea about their relationship. So I think everyone that was there, like Craig said, had witnessed a potential slow demise yes. or a, a volatile summer that if she was really thinking uh, deeply about the state of their relationship and maybe what she was bringing into it or how they were interacting leading up to this wedding that she should have been like, we need to like pause, like what the fuck is going on? I think she's just so hell bent on getting hitched and getting pregs because I get it. The clock's ticking. She has her eggs frozen. She's ready to go. But like you have to still know the state of your relationship and understand if it's worth moving forward. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, we don't know. We're just speculating. Um, I do wish this moment in time was captured by either Summer House or um, when does Winter House film? Uh, is, it, is it early, like in the early parts of like February or is it late parts of like November and December? I think, it's I like think it was like early in the year because like, remember it was like during Scandaval. Oh, oh, oh you're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. So March. Yeah. Okay. So even then, I was thinking if like Carl was on Winter House or Lindsay was on Winter House, it's still way after the fact. Like we're not going to actually see this state of their relationship in disrepair on any show. Right. Right. Well, wait. So when did they finish filming Summer House? Like um, September. Well, I think it was. Au- well, it's like- September now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was. I think it was middle of August, and then yeah. they picked up right at the end of August. But I'm saying the post right, the this, fallout, this the part, fallout. Danielle comforting Lindsay, right. Carl going, you know, God knows where to like think about himself. We're not going to have this moment captured because Winter House films two, you know, in another yes, four months yes. or whatever, and then we have to wait an entire year to see right. what this did to their yeah relationship. I wonder if they only got the breakup, like they can only pick up for so long. Like right. maybe a few production days, not like a month. Yeah, no. So I, I yeah. So anyway, that's. <sighs> I mm. can't wait. I still can't believe that this happened. Me neither. <laughs> and um, it's it's there is like you know conspiracy theories that this whole thing was uh, set up. I mean, there's conspiracy theories about everything, but yeah, this is you know this was not. I mean, this right. was this is real, and the way they're reacting to this is real. I mean, Carl is talking about canceling your reservations and filling out Google Forms to make sure you get your money back. It's like it's this so is, like boring this, and specific. This is logistical and practical and messy, and yeah. and it it really happened. And their reactions and what they're saying so far makes it seem very real. Right. Radhouse fell. I know, it's crazy. Who do you think leaked that email? I think they both leak. I think yeah. that People Magazine, for some reason, has an inordinate amount of stories about um, <laughs> Carl and Lindsay yeah. based off Lindsay's like PR past. Yeah. They seem to get like a lot of exclusives. So I People think... were memeing about that 
about how Paige called them out about People Mag. And then, of course, all of the breakup coverage. The initial uh, announcement was not People, but this very specific email, which could have come direct from the horse's mouth, was in People. Yeah. And then I think I think it was I think it was Dave Quinn who works for People. And he was like, no, we for the engagement photos when they were like, they surprised them on the beach and got those photos or whatever. Yeah. He's like, no, this is just the turnaround time we had. We uh-huh. were able to get there instantly or whatever. Right. But Yeah. Ugh, I love, I don't know. I kind of have like a love-hate relationship with the PR and press of it all. Like, you know, on Roni, uh, the page six stuff that's always coming up and the implication that certain women are always leaking stuff right. about the show. Like, I think it's funny and interesting, but at the same time, I kind of like don't want to know. Me neither. Like it's too inside baseball where I'm like, I kind of want to suspend some disbelief and stay outside of the sausage machine, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Stay out of the sausage machine. Yeah. I, I, I totally <laughs> understand. Um, but remember in uh, Andy's book, he says um, he met someone from page six at like can yeah. and he was like, they were like, we can't, uh, she was like, I can't name names. Like he was like, who leaks the most? And they right. were like, I won't tell you, but if you guess, I'll tell you if you're right. And he said he got them all right. Yeah. And I was like dying to know. And then he said, it's exactly who you think on yeah. Roni. Jill. Yeah. Uh, Ramona. Yeah. <laughs> Ramona leaks. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, I think Luann, I, I think yeah. Sonia doesn't care about it enough. Um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, not I think really. Sonia's like organized enough to be doing that but Ramona and Luann I can see it they seemed yeah well I don't know do you think Luann probably okay she's I'm like sure. very active yeah Dorinda um, you think Dorinda it's just would... all of them <laughs> it's I think, every single I think one so. I mean I think so it, yeah but, yeah um and then in LA we have to say LVP to Radar oh we know <laughs> she did that right goodbye Kyle Goodbye, Kyle. I just rewatched that scene <laughs> for the first time in forever since it initially aired, I think, or when I watched it, like, two, when did it happen? Two or three years ago? Two or three yeah. seasons ago? It was so impactful. I get why Goodbye, Kyle is such a, um, what's that called? Like, a catchphrase now in the Bravo universe. Yeah. Ken was fired up. He gets scary when people cross Lisa. Oh, my. He was almost knock you spark, spark out. out but not to <laughs> kyle but it was he was so pissed they're stamping up and down the stairs like he's carrying a dog right he's carrying a dog Always. of course power move <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah man. that was yeah that Need was to watch wild. that again yeah um okay so since we were just talking about winter house should we cover that trailer that sure. came out sure what were your I've, I've seen it like two or three times okay. now, so i feel well versed in what it is what were your initial impressions of that um trailer well i i don't know if i was just out of the loop or what but i didn't know about the below deck of it all at all i was out of the loop too and i didn't know the <laughs> absence of southern charm right i mean that's a little sad very sad i mean it, they were the house upon which winter house was built one of the houses right it was mainly a southern charm summer house mashup yes. with a little sprinkle of vpr when member tom and tom came right. the second season yeah so that's a i feel like all of the below deck people are like they're getting as much as they can to replace, you know, the, yeah. the, the amount of fun and chaos that would have came from Craig and Paige and right. Austin being there. Yeah. What did they, in the caption of the trailer, they did like a jokey, like really long title where it was like, when, like summer, uh, below deck, winter house. It was, okay, well, yeah. 
below deck karma house rules. Yeah. Is the joke they meant. Which I've never watched um, karma. What's it called? Family karma? Family karma. I've heard it's good. Okay. I just, it's really hard to add new series at this point because yes. we're our plates are so full, which right. is the regular housewives and like now Southern Charm's coming back. So we have Atlanta, Roni, Salt Lake, OC, and Southern Charm. Right. And like then, I'm going to lose my mind. And then Winter House soon. Yeah. And then Below Deck seems like its own universe. Totally. Basically it's, overwhelming. it's own Housewives universe. But um, I did think that Brian from Family Karma, who I've never seen one second of before, mm-hmm. he, I love that moment in the trailer when he goes, look at this wonderful shirt my mom got me. Do you, do you, do you remember you have that to part? You remind me. He, go, he goes, it's so fun. It's at the end of it. And, and Brian is so excited about the shirt that his mom got him. I don't know if his mom is maybe a prominent fixture like Patricia where it's like, you'll be excited that my mom got me this, but without context, you're just like, this guy's talking about his mom. He goes, look at this shirt. My mom got me. And Danielle goes, who cares? And she throws it off. He goes, my "My mom got me that shirt. (laughs) And then uh, Danielle goes, we're trying to party. It was really Uh, fun. (laughs) Wow. Danielle seems like she, it seems like she hooks up with someone. And then that person instantly starts hooking up with someone else within the same, you know, winter house time that they're there so that seemed a little fun yeah i can't believe no offense but like did jason need to come back uh who's jason the one that uh made a baby with Lindsay hubbard oh yeah right he came on (laughs) he came on summer house for like one episode and came and partied with him he's a nice guy but it's like why do they think he needs to be in the yeah i'm not sure when winter house is a testing ground for, yeah. for talent totally um because um, didn't didn't did and, andrea came from the first season of winter house right and then was such a success that he was able to come to summer house I'm, I'm pretty sure oh gosh we're like <laughs> scrambling here anyway it, it's it's convoluted but yeah uh cory uh, come I, on yeah i'm sort of like i'm so distanced from the cory uh sam yeah dynamic well, that i there's Rumors on the streets that, that Corey's a cheater. Really? Yeah. I would um, have never, ever imagined <laughs> that Corey would ever cheat on Sam. This, yeah. this beautiful relationship that we saw on <laughs> Summer House. Always taking those uh, film photos and posting unlimited uh, carousels on Instagram. Do you think those are cool? Out. I mean, I think she thinks they're really cool. Sam does? Yeah. Sam thinks that, <laughs> that what Corey's doing on Instagram is really cool. Does she, isn't she the one that posts them? I'm not sure. I haven't. I don't follow them. I didn't really, I, yeah, I haven't, I didn't love a lot of the casting decisions on last season of Summer House. Chris, uh-huh. Gabby. Yeah. Corey, I was like, you stay in Winter House. Yeah. You know? Banished. You're banished to Winter House. <laughs> You're a winter man. Totally. Right? No, he's like an extra. Yeah. So. Add on. So I'm um, not, I, but, but then I guess I think Bravo strategically wants to make below deck a part of the romantic entanglements of the under 42 world. It could be a good idea. Well, yeah, it's definitely any cross platform relationships are so good for the shows. We've seen that with Paige. We've seen that with what, who else is Paige? The only one (laughs) Craig. (laughs) Yeah. Sierra. So I think that they just want to create any dynamic they can. that will, will let you and me, yeah. get to a place where we want to watch Below Deck and Family Karma because we want to see right. when Danielle goes on Family Karma to talk about why she threw Brian's <laughs> mom's yeah. shirt on the floor. Like, 
all of that is good for Bravo. Yeah, like when Luke and Ashley Darby dated. Right. Is that on? Is that on season seven of Potomac? I don't think they dated long enough for it to make it on. Is uh, so I am I I before you and I created Turtle Time, this you know sacred enterprise. I sort of put Potomac on the back burner because I was not getting a lot of thrill from uh, it uh-huh. in general. But I'm going to catch up. Is Ashley Darby's real, uh, downfall of her relationship with Michael Darby on the last season of Potomac? Or does it happen after? Uh, it is, but they're weird and like they wait, have... Wait, wait, wait. They're weird? <laughs> Michael Darby? <laughs> He's a little weird. Michael Darby. <laughs> <laughs> uh they have an unconventional oh. breakup slash oh. divorce where oh, no. they might still buy a house together. Oh. Like, so it's kind of vague. Like people are like, are you divorced or not? Like, oh. you know, so it's kind sort of like, like Ralph and Drew, although they yeah. seem more antagonistic, but it's still like, I mean, they're living together. They're doing yeah, together. like, and I think something, I won't spoil it, but remember, well, you haven't watched all of it, but she had a prenup that was like, if we're together X number of oh, years, oh, right. I'm due and more was, or whatever. Yeah. And then I think something happened where they were together long enough that it like, or they didn't make it long enough, something where the deal lapsed. So she wasn't really like getting anything from anything? him. Like, you'll see. It's like. Because it was tiered. It was right. like two to five years. You get this. Yeah. Three to wait, two to five. Or maybe she was just shy of the next tier or something like that. I I think she begun the next tier and didn't make it or whatever. (laughs) Ashley was so ride or die for Michael Darby. He did some of the wildest (laughs) shit ever to appear on Bravo. And Ashley was just like, don't talk about him. I love this man more than life itself. We are going to create that kangaroo themed restaurant. Oh my God. Called. She's like, I'm going to drink Corona Lights until I die. That was cool. Which I love. <laughs> I love that too. I love they, her dedication to they, it. They single-handedly put Corona Lights on the Bravo <laughs> map. Yeah. That was awesome. And always with a little lime wedge. Yeah. Ashley um, Darby's kind of like, she's, my thoughts on her are that she's like sort of a producer surrogate on that show. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really get in the weeds and doesn't like get too, well, I don't know. May, maybe I'm speaking from like two years ago when I watched Potomac. I but, like her. Okay, good. I'm um, sorry. No, I mean, I, I'm i not, like, obsessed, but I have goodwill towards her. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, I don't wish ill on her. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I need to, I don't know when that's coming back, but, you know, I, I we need some like time. Our, yeah. We, oh, we need some time. <laughs> yeah. Right? We can't have six after shows. Um, well, okay, well, so there's. Okay, so speaking of cross-pollinization. Which we were speaking of. Yes. Dancing with the Stars. Mauricio confirmed. Ariana so, confirmed. Ariana's confirmed. And then we talked last week about those secret bracelets that Mauricio was wearing in that photo when then he had those bracelets and he was being covered in a, a, a big sack when he was arriving to the studio. Yeah. It is Mauricio, but the only Bravo talent is Mauricio and Ariana, right? I think so. Um, yeah, there's some weird ones like... Um, Matt Walsh Matt from Walsh. UCB. What the hell? Matt Walsh. What? Why does he want to do that? How are they going to describe him? I've worked Veep? with Matt Walsh before. He seems like a nice guy. He, he is nice. Yeah. A wonderful, wonderful man. I mean, Matt, Veep was popular. Matt Walsh, when you listen to Turtle Time, just know Amy and I <laughs> love you. I've worked with him twice in the past. Nice. He's a nice man. I don't know how he's going to fare dance-wise. Improv king. He's an improv king. And will his improv <laughs> instincts lend himself to instinctual dance moves? Cha-cha. 
someone brought up a great point that who potentially um lisa will go to support ariana and kyle will go to support mauricio and they may be forced to connect that's a good point devil's advocate which is (laughs) just a devil on my shoulder not me Lisa's not going to come to see Ariana. At Never, not once. She's well, an alum of Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> she left in pure disgrace. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's banished. I think she's absolutely banished for faking that faint that she did. I could see them, Lisa, strong-arming a producer that she has a connection with from her stint into filming a remote where for some dumbass reason, Ariana goes to Sir or Tom like, and oh like, God. has to like do a cha-cha at Sir or something. I think you're right. So I don't know Dancing with the Stars in terms of any of what it is or what it does or what any of the functions of it are. But are there a lot of people that are included that come to support them? I think that's usually part of it. Like um, their family, especially if their family are notable or famous friends, they always cut to them. So Kyle will go there. Definitely. Probably with all the daughters. Kyle's a good dancer. Yeah, she can do the freaking splits. She should have done it. Why won't she? I don't know. Tom Sandoval in this interview when he was um, talking about his new reality show, Special Forces World's Toughest Man, he (laughs) said Ariana always wanted to go on Dancing with the Stars. He said that? And he says he supports it and he will vote for her every time. Uh, And then the guy said, the interviewer goes, over Mauricio? And he goes, yes. (laughs) So He's going to be dialing up... uh, is it the same it used to be like where you have to like call on the phone or is it like online now? Call on the phone to vote? Yeah. I think I read um, that you call and they say, you know, it's a live person. They say, who did you want to vote for tonight after seeing them dance? And then you say, Ariana. <laughs> right? Because remember on American Idol, they each had a number. Yeah. And it'd be like 866-IDOL, like blah, blah, blah. And then it'd be like for Kelly Clarkson, it'd be like 08 or whatever. And you would just keep calling like a million times. And wow. it'd be busy. Yeah, that's you call again. I remember those days. Yeah. Um, can I go on one quick, very quick 30 second tangent? Yes. You know, in those shows where it was like you can call a friend on like whose line yeah. is it, or, or not whose line is it anyway. You don't call friends on that. But on Millionaire. Millionaire. You yeah. call a friend. Phone a friend. So that that show was worldwide, global. And in 90% of the countries, when people would call a friend, they would help them out and give them the right answer to try to help them win the million. Yeah. But in Russia... <gasps> When they had that show, people would actively, if they called a friend or whoever they called, those people would actively try to give the wrong answer so that these people could not become millionaires. Why? And, and, oh, I'm sorry. Is it, there's an audience participation part of it. Not, not the friend phone call. That's the part where if they leaned on the audience (laughs) to see what they all thought, Russians, now I'm not trying to disparage Russians or wait, maybe I should, but they, they actively would try to. To stop the person, the contestant from getting the million dollars. It's like one of the only countries that did that. So you should zig when they zag. They so whatever they say, if they say who invented the, <laughs> the who was early in the atomic bomb testing and it says Einstein. Um, Oppenheimer. <laughs> Oppenheimer. And the audience says Einstein. You you take your two off that you think are absolute bullshit. Like not like Sigmund Freud. Yeah. And what's another hypothetical? Just to throw you off. Um, Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Those are really good strategic. uh, So if it said Albert Einstein, Bill Nye. What was that third one I said? Oppenheimer. (laughs) 
Um, Freud. Freud. Sigmund Freud. <laughs> if the audience says... <laughs> I'm like, Barbie? <laughs> if the audience says, Albert Einstein, and you can already discredit Bill Nye and <laughs> Sigmund Please Freud. Please trying to list them. <laughs> You're doing like the memory test on yourself and it's uh, anyway, not working. Sorry, that was a t- I'm so sorry. That was a quick tangent, but I just want to say that wow. that doesn't happen in the United States of America. We, we for some reason say what you will about our country that we live in, but we don't we help our we audience. <laughs> purposefully do not try to mislead contestants on reality shows. Did I have I told you before that I have gone to the Price is Right a couple times? You've and never told me that. It's so fun. Everyone, if you live in LA or if you visit LA, I totally recommend it. Um, but I've never felt such goodwill from That's... a crowd. Like when someone from your section gets called up, you feel like it's your brother. That's like, you're like, yeah. That's our spirit. And everyone's like trying to yell out the prices and stuff. And like when they win, you feel like you've won. That's I mean, yeah. That's the camaraderie that happens on American reality TV shows for the most part. God bless. Except our Survivor, right? Well, we we root for them, but the people, yeah. you know, they're they're um, alliances. Is Prices Right? I've never watched one second of it. Is it like a lawnmower comes out and they're like, <laughs> would this cost one hundred twenty nine dollars versus four hundred ninety nine dollars? Yeah, it's like a lot of it is grocery based. Um, or, um, yeah, a lawnmower mower or like a washer dryer or a car. And there's a million different games. Um, you know, some of them are about the price. Some of them, it's like a game of chance. Like there's Plinko where you drop like a puck at the top and it like goes down. Plinko. Um, okay. There's one that talk about lonely goat herd. Sorry. That's a Patreon reference. We were just talking about how we love lonely goat herd from, uh, sound of music. Um, there's one where, I forget what it's called. It's like um, a guy climbing a mountain and it's like, Yodelehi. And you, if what? you want the price to keep going up, he like keeps climbing the mountain. If you want what price to go up? Like if you're, they're like, do you think it's uh, higher than that? You know, like it's at a hundred dollars. Do you think it's one ninety nine? He like keeps little, climbing up the mountain. And then a little like mountain. Little yodeler. Yodeler go- keeps I going. I forget what it's called, but um I highly recommend. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if they're on strike right now. Uh, I think so. Because I know Drew Drew Carey is a solidarity king, he bought- not to be confused with Drew Barrymore, who scabbed it up this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. You have to say what you said uh, completely. And Bill Maher ex- also. He, Scab. He, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep, you're right exactly about that too as well. So there's a lot of stuff going on with our strike, right? And there are yeah. people that are starting to peek their heads out, testing the waters to see if they can get away with creating content without writers. Right. And I don't really understand how those loopholes work, but anywho. Yeah, me neither. Um, um, well, we were talking Dancing about with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars. Okay, well, can I, can I pivot a little bit to another reality show that another Bravo celebrity is... But I'm saying it definitively now. Yes. It hasn't even come out yet. Tom Sandoval is officially on The Masked Singer yeah. this season. The clues are like the easiest clues I've ever had in my yeah. life. Has I, it ever been predicted that quickly? I think you have to, for him, you have to be a Bravo fan. And Bravo yeah. fans are so in the weeds. I mean, I guess those are pretty generic clues. But we specifically 
Right. No, I mean, for a lot of people who aren't familiar with Bravo shows, if you're trying to guess, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? Pumped up. Yeah. He's a hated man. Yeah. But once you hear pump, you're like Vanderpump, hated man. Okay. Yeah. He is the most hated creature under the sea or yeah. whatever the hell he says. And then it's like, we already got it. And then the final, the actual, the only actual clue was that Cardinal. Right. And we know that he's in bed with Fox. He loves to be a part of, well, Fox is really trying to like wean away beautiful talent from Bravo for their own dog shit <laughs> programs. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, world's toughest test. <laughs> I don't want to be fully disparaging on all of this garbage, masked singer and house of villains, all that yeah. absolute shit. But <laughs> world's toughest test. I was kind of like, I look, think it looks awesome. <laughs> they're running. Should we watch <laughs> at least the first one? Sure. When is it on? I have no clue. Soon? And I, I think so, because he's gearing up. They just had the red carpet premiere. Okay. But he was like doing burpees or whatever, and he was almost Ugh, barfing. Nothing worse. Burpees? Hell. I've done a couple in my life. Absolute hell. One of my friends taught me how to do them, and I did them for like one day, and then I never did them again. It's terrible. Burpees? I don't need to be up and down that many times in a row. No, it's not natural to do that. No. And they go, you're going to... One of the Marines, <laughs> they're obviously, they're being like a Marine archetype where they're like, they yell, you know, Marines. Yeah. Like... Scum, what do they you say? Scum bucket, piss worm. <laughs> and he's going, he's going, he's going, don't break your pretty little fingers, Tom. <laughs> and he's going, oh, I'm going to barf. <laughs> anyway, that actually. We got to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom Sandoval, you sold us. World Seven's Test, that yeah. seems good. And he was on, I think, the red carpet for that when they asked him. He, yes. as most of you saw, I'm sure, he commented happy birthday on Rachel's post where she's frolicking through some flowers. Um, and he said, like, hope you are finding peace and, I don't know, enjoyment Stop and on your birthday. smell the roses, Rachel. <laughs> uh, and then she blocked him. Yeah. He said, he said, Rachel, what you're doing is perfect to me. I hope you have a wonderful, precious birthday. Miss you, friend. Yes. Miss you, friend. So you could have, I would have given him the benefit of the of the doubt on the first two sentences. Yeah. Stop and smell the roses. Good job, Rachel. But miss you, friend, is needlessly provocative. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like just mind your business. And created, crafted to create controversy. You have yeah. to say that. Calling her a friend after everything that we witnessed. Yeah. Don't you think that was just, that was calibrated to make us have to talk about it? Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, and I do feel like, uh, I was surprised that she blocked him. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I feel like she didn't consider him an enemy until everyone on earth told her what he did was so bad, yeah. like specifically the sex tape. And then she realized that she can no longer associate with him. Yeah. I mean, by the time the Bethany Frankel podcast came out, which, you know, was illuminating for this aspect was, you know, she had sort of given up on her relationship with Tom. Like she said, I don't believe we were actually in love. I don't think he was in love with me. I do believe he illegally recorded my face some without consent. Like, and I have no contact with him. Yeah. So they weren't in a good place after no. that interview. And I think he tried to draw her back in and get a little bit of a taste of Scandaval controversy again by using her platform to do that. And she rightfully said, absolutely not. I do not like you anymore. And I don't want you in my life. Yeah. It's just like, 
hard to watch him be embarrassed over and over again where they'll be like so I saw that you uh wished Rachel a happy birthday and he's like yeah you know only wishing her the best and they're like and then she blocked you and he's like ah. <laughs> yeah but then I think he went on to call it like um immature. thirsty and immature which I was like oh you didn't have to go that hard yeah he, he took a shot at her <laughs> I mean he like as if what he did was not thirsty and immature. Right. Like, you really did not need to tell the world publicly that that's how you felt about Rachel on her birthday. Yeah. I mean, you could have done that in private. You could, yeah. I don't know. There was DM. A, yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> he wanted us to see that, obviously, and he wanted runoff controversy from that. Yeah. So, yeah, Tom, <sighs> I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It sounds it's like... exhausting. Yeah. And it, it really sounds like Tom Sandoval has, has made... 90% of the, the Vanderpump Rules cast members back on his side, I, I think. Can't wait to see. We're just, not to promote our Patreon, but um, we are in a very juicy pocket of uh, season two and three. Uh, the one on this coming Monday is the season two reunions. Um, and it's extremely relevant to Scandal. So if you want to revisit the way that he was at that time, his interactions with Ariana versus Kristen it's honestly a thrill. It really is. And I mean, promote our Patreon all you want. We also are very, um, uh, we are going to be discussing the season three premiere of Vanderpump Rules, which has the entire Miami girl yes. scandal. It starts coming, on season three, episode one. Season three, episode one. And coming to the forefront is the fact that Tom and Ariana have admitted that this Miami girl uh, cheating event happened and right. that they were lying through their teeth the entire run right. of the season so watching those scenes in context with that new information ha blew my <laughs> hair back on on patreon no, that's the thing that is like so thrilling about re-watching post scandal is everything has new light on it yes so you yeah. can watch it with fresh baby eyes and history doesn't repeat itself but it rhymes oh right that's like sounds like almost like a some sort of a housewives tagline. History doesn't repeat <laughs> itself with me. Well, wait, what would someone say? <laughs> I don't say? know how, but it yeah. just has that sort of if there energy was a, to it. If there was a historian housewife. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Has there ever been a historian? <gasps> Could you imagine <laughs> the shockwaves that it would create if there was a legendary historian <laughs> cast on one of the housewives and she was always referring to Churchill and like um, an, um, British history a book collector, like a vintage book collector. They've never had a literary figure except Carol, right? And she blew the doors off, Ronnie. <laughs> anyway, uh, Andy Cohen, I know you listen to our Patreon, you listen to Turtle Time. Consider having a historian, and then their tagline could be something like, "I've heard that history doesn't repeat itself." It rhymes. It rhymes, but then that's it's basically <laughs> just relying too much on just that thing I said. They'd have to have a little bit of a twist. Yeah. Um, what is the Erica Jane one where it's like it's like it's something that sounds like that where it's like it's not shimmer it's gold or something anyways they I'll say what it. doesn't shimmer <laughs> is gold I don't remember we got to look through those taglines okay again. um okay well that's interesting and then I know what was <laughs> um everything we just said really <laughs> for the 50. first 49 minutes Wait, did you say we right? have 50 minutes of interesting content? Have we really been talking that long? What's well, wrong with us? When I'm I sorry, at, you guys. When I looked at 30 minutes, I was like, what the hell is happening? We're just on Rad House. Let's just very quickly breeze. Okay. I only have two little notes. Okay. 
So let's say a huge Turtle Time congratulations to the first official recipient of the Wife Time Achievement Award, Victoria Gunvalson. Andy Cohen declared it the yes. first ever. So the Bravos are a new enterprise. Yeah. They're a, a award show that's going to happen at BravoCon. They are going to be doling out awards. And the first ever recipient of the first ever award of the Bravos is for Vicky, a Wife Time Achievement Award. If you didn't watch this on Watch What Happens Live, Vicky was stunned almost to tears. She was seriously about to cry. It, it was, was. It made me emotional for some reason. Uh, because we've seen Vicky's <laughs> plight and her being fired and the trajectory she's had. And her Does starting... that mean, oh my God, do you think Bethany fucked up? It could have been her, potentially. But do you think they just wanted to honor the OG of the OC since she's like the first like iconic housewife ever? I think... I think it had to be Vicky because contextually it makes so much sense to award the first ever person. She was also on, also in Orange County. She was on Watch What Happens Live. Also, she was yeah. on, currently airing on Orange County. Yeah. I think all the stars align. But yeah, it's sort of like it's justifiable in every way that she gets the Wifetime Achievement what Award. What number Just, did we put her at? We gave her like four. Okay. We still need, We someone sent us a beautiful amazing Mount Rushmore of our top four <laughs> yeah. housewives. And I think we messaged them to see if we could Instagram. We it. should post it tomorrow. Are we, you, she would, whoever sent that. I to think us, she but, said we could. She did. I think so. Oh, we'll check our DMS. Okay. But anyway, it's awesome. Cause we did the top <laughs> 10 housewives and I think was Vicky number four. She was definitely very high. Anyway. Well, so we are, I'm so proud of Vicky. Yeah. She was a breath of fresh air this week. We will cover that on the OC minute, but I was honestly thrilled to see her in the mix because uh, usually she can be a little much, but it was working this week, Okay, in my opinion. I will counter that a little bit, but, <laughs> wow, I, I'm surprised. but my love of Vicky is unrivaled, but... I thought there was a, some missteps that Vicky did, but it doesn't matter. Well, I, sure. This is not a time to drag Vicky. This is a time to celebrate Vicky, and I'm so proud of her. And I, I honestly thought Andy got a little um, emotional when he hugged mm -hmm. Vicky, seeing her reaction to the white. I do think he's award. sentimental about the longevity of the Housewives and how far the entire franchise has come. Yeah. Um, because his life has changed so much, yeah. I feel like he really. Uh, softened after having kids yeah i think and he is a little more sentimental now i think so too i think also a part of him anytime he sees the talent that he created on early franchises mm -hmm. and they've when they've been thrown to the wayside and then he sees them back i feel like he's overwhelmed with how powerful they are like when luann and sonia were um promoting crappy lake and they were on watch what happens live they were so fun and dynamic and silly and shocking that i felt like andy was almost like blown away <laughs> that this talent had been fired and then he's been sitting with the new Roni cast members forever and he's like god damn what the hell did I do same with ultimate you Girls. wish that he was thinking that I I, I felt <laughs> I felt Andy being blown away by their I mean, he loved crappy lake yeah he loved crappy lake and I think ultimate girl strip season two uh, with Dorinda and Phaedra that just shows you just this this talent that exists that was just thrown away that that could be that entertaining with just their runoff yeah. overflow talent um Anyway, I do think that, that Andy might be coming to a new appreciation for Vicky, for all the early days. <laughs> for um, sure. I wanted to ask you one hypothetical before we transcend out of the news. Yeah. If you if you know Bethany, like we know her, Bethany Frankel, uh -huh. you know, yeah. she, she loves us. She loves Turtle mm -hmm. Time. 
if she could go back in time maybe a year or two years, whenever she started to talk about shit about Bravo. Yeah. And you, if, do you think if she wanted two different trajectories, one trajectory is being a TikTok person, <laughs> reviewing food, starting the reality reckoning, interviewing housewives who have been scorned by the franchise, yeah. sort of having this like, I don't want to say like vindictive, but this mm-hmm. alternate Bravo universe where she comments on it. Bravo yeah. commentator. Or go back in time and she was, she quit, but she still had a good relationship with Andy. She was still included in Ultimate Girls Trips. There's a possibility for a, a spinoff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, on this other end is also all the other shows that she tried to start, like right. Big Shot or whatever. Yeah. Do you think she would have preferred a Bravo-centric trajectory where she's being awarded and she's going to BravoCon and she's being celebrated as a Lifetime Achievement Award or this path that she has taken that has led her to here? Which do you yeah. think if she could go back in time? Uh, I think she fancies herself a maverick. And now, from her point of view, being in uh, the pocket of Big Bravo is unacceptable. Like, I... Don't. Even even back in time before she even started to make those decisions. Let's say she just left Roni for the second time. Okay. And, and she hadn't burned bridges yet. Yeah. Do you You're saying she... if she saw a premonition of the path that she did go down, if she here, would here say, I'm not going down that a path. A Bravo spirit from the past <laughs> goes, Bethany. Marley one day, and Marley. Huh? Yeah. Marley and Marley. A total Marley-esque <laughs> ghost with a bunch of chains around them says, Bethany, one path. What were we saying the two paths were? Bethany, um, one path, path, you will be canceled for eating seafood in a hotel <laughs> on TikTok. Or you could be on Ultimate Girls Trip Season 5 with Lisa Vanderpump and Nini and yeah. Vicky. Yeah. And call, call it the absolute all-star Ultimate Girls Trip. Yeah. Which do you think she would have per- permitted to <laughs> the allow. The only premonition she got was her eating seafood out of a bucket. That's the only glimpse she gets. <laughs> Bethany, you the, will t- The take- thing is, it's such an impossible question to answer because it, it would... <laughs> that would take self-reflection. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's like... Yeah, I don't know if she regrets anything. If she's ever regretted anything. Yeah. Her relationship to Jason? No, because she got little Bryn hoppy out of it. Right. She's obsessed. Of, of course. Yeah, no one would regret that if that's your child that came out of it. But but yeah, I mean, it is kind of weird. I think the thing is, it's like, on one hand, you could say it's kind of weird and uh, I'm trying not to be mean. Oh, okay. <laughs> like should technically be beneath her to just be TikToking all the live long day like but the thing is i enjoy the TikToks. Me, me so too. when she goes and gets ice cream i mean there is a world tj max there is a world though where you know on that trajectory on the still on the bravo centric trajectory she, she still could have, have had a social media both. presence sure I'm just, I'm just saying do you think right. she ultimately you think because she's such a maverick and she has no regrets that she probably always would have taken Yes. This path away right. from Bravo's light. Yeah. Because um, I think the only thing that ever drew her back was money. Oh. Although I think she, I think she's said this. Everyone agrees that you get addicted to filming because then you at least have a public platform to, yeah. you know, defend yourself and I, say whatever you want. I think one thing that Bethany will never admit is that, it is Bravo and Bravo's editors and production and 
everything that put Bethany in the light that we see her now. Yeah. And knew what to do with Bethany to provide. I mean, she, she's a shining star, so she would have shown through anything. But her within the Bravo context was the perfect place. Big Shot and all that other shit that she did didn't capture Bethany's uh, essence as well. Right. And I don't think she wants to admit that Bravo was, was very... Um, you know, a part of the branding or, or the favorable light that Bethany was cast in. Yeah. I mean, we've said it before. She has very much bit the hand that fed her. Uh, yeah. And it's sad because her and Andy, I think, were truly good friends. Yeah. And um, I just want to say officially and definitively, I still love Bethany. And I don't, I don't at all hate that she let Rachel Levis come on her podcast without watching all of Vanderpump Rules. I mean, I did at the time and it could have been a much better interview, but that's like maybe I lower my esteem of Bethany by 0. 0.5 out <laughs> of a But what if she 10? continues her Bravo rampage and something happens where there's a reckoning and Andy has to like step down and everything crumbles? Okay. So in this hypothetical scenario, she's Andy, playing with fire. So Andy, for some reason, becomes... she's trying to cancel the entire enterprise. Okay. I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> um, Despite it being the only reason she has hundred million dollars you think she wants andy dethroned i think if she's gonna like try and do all these exposés about how abusive all of the shows right. are and he's the king he's the face of it he's the you know whether or not you know he's an, he's just an ep on the housewives like he's the production companies are certainly to blame yeah. for any specific filming issues but like if there's a whole crazy reckoning like where there's a New York Times article or something and there's all these insane revelations that if it turns out that Andy knew about X, Y, and Z, like it could be really bad. Yeah, true. I just I'm not a... saying that um, if he did do horrible things, I don't think he did, by the way. I'm just doing worst case scenario. Like right, right. what no, she what is mean. acting like is happening underneath. Um, uh, I'm just like, let us live. Let us enjoy our television. I agree. I, yeah, I, I agree. I just think that it's not enough because it's so true to Bethany's spirit and what I came to know and love about her that she would have this sort of maverick, wild, burn it all to the ground personality. And that's part of what I liked about her. If she does end up ruining the Bravo universe, which I don't think she's going to do, then obviously I will have to dock her a couple points. <laughs> but anyway, um, I mean, I just wanted right. to ask you that hypothetical. And we... I did want to talk about the Roni seating chart, but let's just lump it into that that Roni, Roni discussion. I mean, it's okay. very easy to talk about. Do you want to, at the one hour mark, take a certified turtle <laughs> piss break and then get into these shows? Let's do it. And then I'll just tell our wonderful little turtle cuties that we are going to start with Salt Lake City, which we think is maybe the most powerful Bravo show in the universe. Yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. Real Housewives of Orange County. Yes. And then the dark part of the universe way <laughs> way out far from the sun is running yeah when we're running on fumes yeah and we do want to mention that we know that since you're listening to this on friday that southern charm was on last night but it would be on too late at night for us to record it and get it out on time so we're gonna talk about it next week we're gonna try and cover on social so that you guys you know have up-to-date commentary but Unless something crazy happens and it turns into a 911, we're probably going to cover it the following week. 
So if you were here and you just watched the Southern Charm premiere and you're like, that's the best thing I've ever seen in my life, why isn't Turtle Time talking about it? It's because in order to get this episode out on Friday, which we know our little turtle cuties love, unless we get screeners for Southern Charm, we cannot fit it into our roster except being a week late. So if you want to be a Turtle Time Southern Charm cutie, wait a few days before you watch Southern Charm and get a our fresh hot takes a week late. Yeah. And then also I have a huge uh, question for anyone. If yeah. you have access to Bravo screeners and you have Southern Charm screeners or you're some like hacker on the internet and you're able to crack the code to get like a torrent of early Southern Charm, <laughs> please, you won't have to uh, uh, give us your identity or anything. It can be completely anonymous and we'll never ever reveal you, but we would love to get access to Southern Charm screeners early so we could include it hypothetically in our you know, yeah. our week roundup, but we need a, a WikiLeaks sort of a, yeah, a, a, a WikiLeaks sort of Bravo centric reality winner. What's that? Oh, that's the thing that that's the, uh, that's the, uh, hacker. Yeah. But okay. her name is reality winner. What does that mean? It's just a crazy name, but maybe she can help us be reality winners by letting us watch Southern charm one day early. So I know re- oh, reality winner. So I know Reality Winner <laughs> subscribes to Patreon. I don't know if they listen to the main episode, but if for some reason there is a crossover in Reality Winner, you're listening to this, please let us have Southern Charm early so we can make it a part of our timely episode. But if not, like you said, we're going to figure out how to get Southern Charm on the map in in non-traditional ways. Yeah. Maybe Snowden can help us. Snowden, um, is he? I, I think one of the punishments of him his is that he cannot access the internet anymore. <gasps> Is he in Russia still? Or no? I know he was he was extradited. Out, he was pulled out screaming. Really? Yeah, he was in the British embassy. <gasps> it's oh, don't get me they started. They should make the movie Snowden too. We abs Oh wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you thinking think of Julian Assange? I <laughs> Snowden is in Russia. I'm sorry. Julian Assange was the one that was pulled out of the British embassy and is like, what happened? Snowden. <laughs> Snowden. <laughs> And I don't, man. Edward I, Snowden, are you okay? I stopped thinking about Snowden and Julian Assange, but either of you, you know, I know they're Bravo heads. If you <laughs> have access to Bravo's internal network for screeners, please send it to us. And absolutely, we will not tell the government. <laughs> no way. Biden will never know. I, I would never tell Biden. Could you imagine <laughs> us ratting out Julian Assange to Biden? He'd be like, Riley, come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Wait, well, last thing. I don't want to drag this on, but did you see that Vegas is under cyber attack? It is. And I hope that they get their shit together before BravoCon. Is it all of the digital display screens are playing like a V for Vendetta <laughs> um, anonymous yeah, mask? Exactly. Give us your money. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. What's that uh, Guy Fox? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all. I don't know if it's every single casino or just um, like MGM... And like, there's certain ones that all of the machines have like error messages, the gambling machines. Um, They're checking in guests on clipboards. I've seen this on TikTok. Um, There people have to like cash out like manually with like receipts if their machine like is working. Um, Apparently certain rooms that are operated like lights and shades and power digitally like can't. Who's doing this? I don't know, some evil dweller. And apparently uh, they're 
entertaining paying a ransom to end this. Oh, what's that called? It's called it's called cyber ransoms or something. It's called <laughs> ransomware. Oh, really? Where, yeah, when people say like I have taken over access to your computer and they have that guy fox mask and they go I've taken <laughs> over access you pay me $1000 you get access to everything again. I'm so tired of hackers. Yeah. Can't they hack away our debts and our BravoCon credit card bill? I will say I retract what I said about hackers. <laughs> if for some reason you are able to access our bank accounts and put back the 666 <laughs> BravoCon ticket price, I don't mind living in a sort of dark world in Vegas where everything is analog. It's like Blade Runner uh, <laughs> the, with the purple light. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're just walking through unable to Do, play the sex in the city slot machine most of the most of the th aspects of BravoCon would still work in an analog environment it's true we're seeing Perhaps bravo liberties better yeah we'd be just drinking beers which still exist in a practical world It'd be like the swing in 60s like the rat pack days oh i love that yeah they had no technology back then none <laughs> frank sinatra dean martin sammy davis jr who's that other one uh isn't that all of them? Do you think that if, in for some reason, if Turtle Time had existed in the 1960s, <laughs> do you think the Rat Pack would have listened to Turtle Time? Uh, yeah. We could have a special Don Rickles segment where he cracks jokes on the housewives. That would be so fun. Would we... I'm sorry to belabor this or <laughs> to continue to talk about this before our certified turtle piss break, but we would we be talking about the future of housewives? Would we know the information about... <laughs> would there be the real housewives of 1965? It'd be a different lineup. That'd be so... It'd be more of like a Mad Men-esque housewives environment. Fun. All right. Well, let's ponder that while we go to the bathroom. Amy and I are going to take two separate turtle pisses, and then we're going to come back. You parse that while we're gone during that ad break, and then we're going to come back and talk for you know, a little while about four of these shows. Yes. All right. We love you. Bye. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Riley, Amy. Oh my God, we've never done that before. A little reverse. After every certified turtle piss break, that's how we should come back. Yeah. Right? Or I'm, no? I'm glad that we went pee. Why? I needed to. I didn't know you did. I was looking over at you in the piss meter. I, I really didn't think you were filled it, to the brim. I wasn't freaking out, but 
I'm relieved now. So when I started to talk about Frank Sinatra and hypothetical <laughs> 1960s housewives, you were sort of like getting to the... I was just like, you know what? I'm glad that we're <laughs> wrapping out because it has been a full hour. Right. And that's usually the limit when we've been drinking our venti yeah. uh, coffees. And we both know our bodies now to an extraordinary... <laughs> we're so in tune. We're so in tune that you and I, after one hour, we can basically sense that piss has to come... <laughs> very soon and then we'll know in another hour that it could happen yeah during our patreon uh the other day um i was like all right uh so that's the end and you were like let's do some final thoughts and my eyes started twitching i was like i'm at the end of my rope right exactly (laughs) i knew your piss meter was absolutely to the brim and i took it to the limit limit, but we i think it added a little bit of a fire to the end of our final thoughts on patreon don't you think yeah it brought a, a little manic panic energy yeah manic panic wow so <laughs> okay. uh, i think what we're gonna do like we discussed is let's pretend the snow is falling we're in a win- <laughs> we're in a wintertime environment the snow is falling it's a cool and crisp out and we are talking about real housewives of salt lake city did you like this episode i did overall i think a lot of the freshness is still working that I think I'm just I'm loving seeing this cast again and I do think they're all fun and charismatic this episode though overall felt like it spent way too much time getting to the Trixie motel (laughs) yeah it was like 20 minutes of the episode I was like get there already what the hell is going on with they love showing Sprinter vans now, and because it's like that's a part of the ethos of Salt Lake City but I was like I don't know if this Sprinter van like I know. Mary was like, can we just like get there? Yeah. They were like, we're all traveled out. And as a viewer, I was just like this. I don't think we need to see. It was the exact opposite of what we talked about of OC last week where they go, where Tamara goes, let's go to Mexico now. Yeah. And then they snapped and they were. Yeah. So this. Especially because I imagine that the flight from Salt Lake to Palm Springs is like an hour. Right. right? It was. Yeah. And then the fact that, I mean, I, I enjoyed seeing Lisa's reaction to her ring getting, getting flushed down the toilet, but that just added to the length. Do you of think it got flushed? Trip. I think, Oh, she didn't want to say it, but the way she, so she ta- didn't start looking for her ring until after she flushed, or do you think it just like rolled all the way down? I think Lisa does multiple flushes <laughs> no matter what she's doing in the yeah. toilet. That's something she's talked about on watch what happens live. Mm-hmm. And so I think when she pulled her pants up, her ring was starting to slip, she said, and then she thought she had it, and the toilet was probably actively flushing from all the times she flushes. So, splashing so, everywhere. So it was just pure, probably, chaos in that toilet. And I think to save face, I think she had everybody roll around on their hands and knees. Dig under through the, the tampon, dig through trash the tampon can. thing, go under each stall while people were in it to try to get the ring. That's like the saddest feeling when you have hope that you can find something and it becomes clear that you're never going to find it. Yeah, I think it was an Occam's razor. The easiest explanation is the right one. It yeah. flushed down the toilet while she was hanging over it. Terrible. 60,000. Yikes. Did it give you at all 25,000? <laughs> Can you believe 25,000? It's sort of the way she kept saying 60,000 was like 60 G's. Who said that? That's- she said that. She did. She said that to like the like airport employees. I was like, "Bitch, they do not make enough money to deal with your bullshit right now. Please don't tell them how expensive the ring was. It's irrelevant to yeah. them helping you." So, yeah, so to answer your question, I loved the Mormon religion stuff. I love that they're repairing relationships. Mer- this is exactly what I wanted. Meredith mm-hmm. and Lisa are yeah. are getting back to it. Whitney and Heather are 
broaching yeah. piece. Um, I love Mary in small doses and she really brought it, mm-hmm. but just unfortunately, because this is a lead up to a trip, they just took way too long to get there. And I also didn't, we'll talk about it, but I didn't really think the conflict of Angie K waiting <laughs> there at the Trixie Motel really warranted the being the entire focus of right. it's like the name of the episode. It's not is, like she's like a true enemy right. where you're like, no. Yeah. It's like the only clip they have is her making kind of a joke that uh, Jen and Heather scissored before she punched That's, her. That's like the one notable like, thing. Who cares? Yeah, that's the one notable thing she said. Yeah. And also, I just like I can't drop the pretense or or the knowledge of that this is a production, and everyone at this point would know that Angie is probably a friend of or a full time cast member, and all friends of or full time cast members go on trips. So it's not it's like a not mysterious or shocking at all that Angie would be invited to it. It's just so making that the whole construct of the conflict just is like it. You know, it, yeah. it didn't mean anything to me. I'm just like, they all, there's, there's no excuse for why they all go on a trip. It just, right. you all have to go on a trip together. So right. I just wish they wouldn't have not made it about that Angie K thing. Right. Um, are you going to listen to Meredith and Seth's podcast hanging by a thread that have 20 to 30 minute episodes? Not only am I going to listen to it, <laughs> but I'm going to actively wait and look at my podcast app for the new episode each week before it airs. So that I can be the first person to listen to it. Can we make our podcast 20 minutes? <laughs> well, yes, of course. We just have to cut a little bit from the first part of our news update. But, I okay, first of all, I'm glad you brought that up first so we don't have to talk about it when it comes up. First of all, I think we should recreate the podcast um, cover photo that they do <laughs> where he's... Is he hanging by a thread or is he sitting like he's a table or in a bench and Meredith is sitting on top of him? Or was he... I forget. Was he? They're in some weird positions. Yeah. Anyway, I well, whatever it is, I think that you and I should. We should every month. Yeah. Please tell me if you like this. We recreate the cover photos of other Housewives podcasts. So we'll do hanging on the thread. We'll do the Namaste bitches. Oh yeah. We'll do whatever two T's yeah, in a, a table. That's what the heck? Like That's, um Bruno. Succession. Oh oh right exactly like Succession <laughs> and in Bruno. You remember when Paula Abdul sits on that human uh, furniture? So. I looked this up because I was like, okay, first of all, I like Meredith. I don't really care for Seth. I I can't think of a a less enjoyable podcast than hearing them talk. I'm sorry to be mean. Yeah. But I was like, okay, so they they filmed this six months ago or even more, eight months ago. She talked about the podcast. I was like, okay, so this is an ongoing thing that they started in the middle of filming. They had their first episode come out today. (laughs) or yesterday to line up with this new season. So she was promoting a podcast that didn't exist up until the point, which, which I, I don't think I've ever witnessed a business <laughs> yeah. strategy like that, where she's talking they about waited it. waited like so long. So strategically, she just waited. Can you guess how long the first episode is? 16 minutes. 17. 17, my bad. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, everyone has to have a podcast now. We are, I mean, who are we to judge? But um, I think, I, I just think I felt like Meredith probably... I don't know about the Meredith and Seth dynamic if it's so, if I've seen so much merit to them two talking. But I just yeah. thought it was notable that she didn't actually start the podcast until just now when she yeah. could promote it. It's kind of smart. Yeah. I mean, smart for her to know, to just like wait for this episode <laughs> to premiere. It's also proof that they don't have any actual interest in having a podcast. Like if you wanted to, you just start talking right away. It's very simple to get it live, yeah. especially if it's 17 minutes. And then they showed a clip of them like having a podcast or whatever. And it was about how, 
Seth had something in his nose. Right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, we do that, but <laughs> it seemed... We more talk about pee, uh, not nose stuff, but... Yes. You know, to each their own. Um, okay, so I did want to touch on the Monica segment because I did think it was strong. I thought it was so strong. I also thought it was... It's an anomaly for two reasons. First of all, I think she almost got like over 10 minutes dedicated to just her and her home life. Yeah. Which was entertaining the entire time Mm -hmm. her mom was awesome and Mm -hmm. fun her daughter was cool i love the glimpses we saw with their nana yeah and so she she brought it that scene Mm -hmm. and then also i her struggle with thinking that she's not up to par with the fashion and wealth of the other cast members yeah for her to be honest and break down that's so real that that is like and 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 then on not to cross cities but oc they're making fun of jen the new housewife for having a fake chanel bag which i'm like she probably was terrified too to show up not looking rich like everyone else i wanted to make that connection too we saw the two paths that a newbie could take (laughs) yeah monica chose (laughs) go into debt (laughs) monica chose a well yes that but also to talk about it and Mm -hmm. and reflect on the fact that she's not as wealthy which if Bethany Frankel can be an example to anyone. There is nothing wrong with just saying your wealth is not up to the to par with the other cast yeah. members. There's a lot of merit to seeing that struggle and the growth. And who like we might enjoy seeing Monica start to accrue wealth. Yeah, you know throughout the. So anyway, I thought that was very good. And then Jen is the other side, which is what I assume most first <laughs> full time cast members do. Which she's wearing. It was like Balenciaga yeah. and Findu. <laughs> and what was it like? Um, yeah, she had like a shitty fake Chanel bag. Poochie. They showed yeah her uh, Balenciaga sweater that looked questionable. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was very interesting. Um, I love uh, an Etsy queen. Yes. Uh, but what was her? Uh, it's like. Baby blankets, right? Yeah, Swathing. It's like swaddles and crib sheets and stuff. That was that was um, relatable. Yeah. And did you think her mom was kind of fun? Yeah, she was sweet. I was almost getting um, New Jersey vibes from them. I was getting Jennifer Aiden, but a yeah. good Jennifer Aiden from Monica, <laughs> like yeah. a good. But she technically, she said she was from Boston, so she's at least East Coast. Yeah. Which, um, I liked the vibe and the family energy and her humble beginnings and. She just has a great storyline with her divorce. And then should we go ahead to say what? she had an affair with her brother-in-law, which I don't even know if that's the right thing to call them, her husband's uh, sister's husband. Yes. So not only did Monica just shine like a shining star in last week's episode, just from her personality and what she knows about Jin Shaw and everything else, then she gives us a killer home life scene and her and we can see now her mom has merit her daughter was fun yeah i love the nana stuff then she tell reveals to heather when she she was a part of the mormon church yep. she's a lapsed mormon excommunicated and heather's eyes like lit up when she heard that she was like hell yeah let's go in she did <laughs> and then no like the most shocking revelation that you couldn't even imagine yeah, she, they bleeped that in the trailer. Yeah, because it was it was wild to see that firsthand, yeah. you know, and witness that. And and um, Heather is stunned, almost mm-hmm. falls down. She's down. Yeah, it was eighteen months, right? Yeah, cheating with her brother in law. She got conflicted about it. Went to the bishop and and said what happened, like confessed. The bishop said, "Well, you're out of here." It's, and then the and then the brother in law, whatever, fine, is completely allowed. And Heather yeah. goes, "That's what they do. The men get to stay, or yeah. whatever." And she said that she immediately ripped off her Mormon undergarments and went to Victoria's Secret and bought like thirty thongs. 
Hell yeah. So then Monica <laughs> proved that she also has a past that we're going to, you know, see, you know, this season two, which is just as entertaining as she is as a person, yeah. which is rare for her to have like all of this merit. I mean, I hope we're not like overrating her, but she's mm. like, but she seems strong start. And I also thought Heather had a lot of Heather could have like run that and beat that to the gods with that information. Like I expected almost, even though I know Heather, like a confessional that was like casting aspersions or like Tamara with Jen. Totally. Like I've got dog with a bone. Yeah. I've got this now make some, remark about how awful that is yeah. but Heather, all she cares about is bringing down the mormon church yeah. so this is a perfect story she was like of course they took the man's side that's yeah. always what they do it endeared her to heather totally heather was endeared and to i was Monica kind of excited that. about that because i feel like um heather and whitney for whatever reason can't quite connect on the ex-mormon of it all no. like they have different takes on Whitney it used it as a storyline more like she did a whole thing where she like sent the letter to the mormon church to strike and, her name from the list or whatever yeah but heather is much more of a abashed renouncer of the mormon religion right. and we saw that in this episode too yeah um so i was excited for her to have an ally yes. in that space because Mon- i feel like together they'll be really fun monica seems like a great ally to have she like doesn't give a fuck and that scene was fun just heather and monica bringing totally. it. usually shopping is so boring and then well let's just say it now on the polar opposite is whitney with angie k at a dinner scene that lasted way <laughs> too long it was boring yeah. as hell that the angie except that they revealed that uh angie's teenage daughter still sleeps in their bed oh yeah Okay, and I that's really something to note. That's that's <laughs> of note, and I really liked their dog. That oh, was yeah. a cool. What was the name? It's a, had pink ears. I forget what the dog's name is. But just to talk shit about Angie for no reason. Yeah, they both had their long solo scenes for us to get to know them. Angie's landed like a thud and wasn't very fun or entertaining. No. I thought Monica, like a shooting star, <laughs> and then they both have. D- uh, duo scenes with other cast members yeah. and Whitney's and hers was boring as hell yeah. and did we already know that uh, Heather and Angie went to high school together like from previous seasons or is this the first time we're here I hearing? think it's a huge reveal I loved all those photos did you think now I'm I'm t- definitely being a stinker here when Heather said Angie K got best sense of humor in high school <laughs> is besides Barbie scissor kicks have you seen this <laughs> secret sense of humor that angie k has demonstrated no, no. just something interesting I, i'm i was just surprised that she got best sense of humor award she's hiding behind those giant pink glasses yeah and i find that heather has every right to think that what angie k said about her and jen scissoring each other <laughs> sexually and that's how she got her black eye that jen punched her afterwards <laughs> is is worth heather Carrying a grudge against Angie, I'll say. Okay, yeah. You you don't think so? Sure. Uh, I mean, in the world of housewives. No, for sure, bro- sure. It's just, it's not, they just they showed it more than once, and I was just like, it's not the juiciest thing, but all we need to know is that she doesn't, Heather doesn't fuck with Angie, and... I, I think it's not, I think it's not juicy, because I know Angie was just throwing shit at the wall to see what stuck and that was a fully right. just her trying to have a moment that was unprovoked and be outrageous but heather's reaction to an outrageous moment that she said on camera sure. is very i mean you know i guess defamatory to jen shaw right right like jen shaw was in a marriage that right. they had sex on the side right. and got she got punched afterwards so i think and, and you know so far i haven't seen angie's 
spark yet. So I'm fine with this feud. Sure. Yeah. It gives us something to talk about. <laughs> us? The, the world. The okay. viewers. Um, okay. And then uh, Mary Cosby um, calls the Trixie Motel to ask if they have 2003 Dom Perignon and if they have room service. And I'm pretty sure that Trixie Motel themselves answered the phone <laughs> i thought so too <laughs> i was like okay uh i also i mean this is jumping ahead a little bit but trixie was in full drag for their arrival which i feel like the producers forced him to do because uh, i watch a lot of videos of trixie's podcast and um he doesn't do drag obviously for his podcast he just uh i forget his real name i think it's like brian okay. uh, <laughs> he's hilarious he has a podcast with um katya another house um housewife drag queen from rupaul's drag race okay um and they're f- so fucking funny um but i was like damn they made her do drag um but i mean it's a good advertisement for uh the motel well i mean i'll say it it did feel like <laughs> trixie motel paid a certain amount of money to really be featured this episode yeah. a little more than i needed yeah it was like very in-depth and <laughs> which is interesting because so the motel used to be called ruby montana's coral sands inn i've stayed there like five times i have not stayed at the Trixie version yet i would but um it's expensive and sold out a lot okay um it was always pink, but now it's like extra mega pink. The rooms used to be themed fun. Like there was like a Liberace room and like oh. a Roy Rogers room and a poodle room. And um, now they're more just decorated fun. Um, but uh, it's interesting because they, the makeover of it was on an HGTV yes. show. Uh, and so it would have made sense more, I guess if, uh warner media discovery was in the bravo family right. but it's totally outside of it i, I feel like trixie motel is a separate enterprise apart from that and it wasn't yeah. really advertising the show it was just advertising the location and they must have paid bravo to get that kind of treatment it was like the bethany clause <laughs> would that relate to someone who's <laughs> advertising there yeah i mean I, I the the reason this episode started to seem like a slog which did we already talk about that it's like yeah they're they're they take way too long to talk about this and like mm-hmm. whitney and angie having this separate trixie motel experience before the other guests arrive i was just like come on yeah. like just chop this up a little bit totally like we, I didn't, I and didn't then need... yeah we had to spend a very long time looking for the toilet ring yeah and we, um I don't know. It was, uh, that part was a strain. Yeah. Um, I, I, oh yeah. We already talked about Meredith and Lisa are sort of, um, burying the hatchet, right? Yeah. They are, they are moving forward, which I think is very good. Um, wait, what else happened in this episode? (laughs) (laughs) That's like it. It was literally them waiting to get, it like ends on a cliffhanger of them realizing Angie's there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, so I will say I did like that through natural, a natural organic way. I liked that Monica's um, storyline, I'll say storyline, but that's sort of uh, not, not the right way to say it. Her actual genuine feelings about not having enough um, like money to compete with yeah. these other cast members. I liked that it coincided with Lisa's real loss of a <laughs> ring, which you couldn't fake yeah. like her losing a toilet. And then you have to watch Monica's reaction to Lisa talking about losing 60,000, how she's going to instantly replace it. And they yeah. keep panning to Monica being like, 
She's like, that's why I don't have rings that expensive or whatever. Um, Also, Mary had to make a rude comment that the ring didn't appear to be worth 60,000, which I was like, I mean, I think a ring is just worth what it's worth based on like the value of diamonds. I was going to ask you, has anyone (laughs) hated being a housewife more than Mary? Like she looks like she's a hostage. She hates every aspect. I mean, I'm sure she likes getting paid for it. And I'm sure she likes the notoriety. Like her church congregants probably absolutely love it when she's on. Yeah. But like she hates every minute. Yeah. And always has like the most, like the like, t- why take, is she there? like a negative take on everything they're doing. She only supposedly likes Meredith. And right. that is a tenuous relationship. It's very weird. Yeah. Also, did you like how at the airport, um, Monica was saying how she's terrified of flying and they were like oh my god did you bring Zannies and she goes Zannies in the Louie and I was like do you think she just wanted to be like look at my Louie I have a Louie no, I have Zannies in my Louie yes exactly it felt <laughs> cool to be a part of that narrative that we just saw wink, wink. yeah she she purposefully highlighted her Louie which we know she just bought to keep up with them I thought that was like great yeah she should have bought something resale yeah. Save some cash. Or I, yeah. Or if she wants a fake Louis bag, like you and I can easily <laughs> craft one Snowden. up. Snowden. What would he can on the underground circuit get us some goods? Snowden. I know we already asked you a little bit about Bravo screeners, <laughs> but if you have access to a network of, uh, what is that called? Chud, Chud. merchandise. Chud, Chud merchandise would actually be kind of a fun little <laughs> side project for us. It's, it's knockoff garbage yeah that sort of looks very authentic it'd be like chanel chanel c's but it stands for chud i like that a lot (laughs) what are we calling it chud clothing (laughs) clothing for chuds she by chud ray yeah so i'm trying to think if we got we captured everything seth and meredith's podcast i i just and i already said negatively i just didn't think this angie k conflict landed very well at all, just because I know yeah. the realities of production that they all have to assume Angie K is probably coming to right. this. Well, they all just kept being like, where's Whitney? Where's Whitney? She's on a different plane. What plane? What time is she landing? And yeah. Meredith kept being like, I don't know. It's what I it's what I dislike so much about Roni. It's like, mm-hmm. stop focusing on the one person that's not there and just try to have fun on your own yeah. without only talking about who's missing. It's annoying. Yeah. But Well, I am excited. Next week looks lit. Heather oh. drinks uh, way too much ex- espresso martini and pukes that- in the van that was awesome she it shows the montage of her it's an absolute mess drinking is and meredith's you can leave yeah people compared it to gandalf's um you shall not pass you saw lord of the rings right (laughs) yeah people you haven't i think i did in 2000 oh so you haven't seen it anyway a lot of people have have put um ian mckellen Doing his "You shall not pass" to the Balrog, and and a lot of people have a lot of people (laughs) over six Lord of the Rings Bravo crossover accounts, and I also want to say, guess who Lisa Barlow got compared to when she lost her precious ring in the toilet? Wow, this is a great week for you, (laughs) Gollum. Who else pines for a precious ring for that long in the Lord of the Rings? Uh, franchise did it make all the other housewives like hobbits who are also looking for the ring exactly right meredith was dressed (laughs) up as gandalf because she says that you can leave and then all the rest were hobbits whitney um who else is on the cast lisa was gollum monica monica was aragorn okay 
Anyway, I don't want to get too much into the sort of the Lord of the Rings Bravo crossover stuff, but it was a great, like you said, a great week for those dual fan bases. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it looked like next week is going to be very lit, so I'm stoked. They'll be and, at and, the hotel, motel. The, we're just going to be fully in Palm Springs. Yes. And, off with a bang. And I, get, I give it a pass. You need filler episodes. I understand. The Lisa Barlow ring stuff was like sort of entertaining. The yeah. Mary Cosby thing was fun. I love that they're thawing these relationships. It was like a yeah. bridge episode that I still enjoyed watching. Yeah. And just one piece of the conflict really missed for me. But overall, I'm still stoked. Same. Cool. Right. Um, do we want to go from the Salt Lake City area to across the country, sort of mid East, or, or sorry, uh, the eastern coast. Yeah. Atlanta, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. South. South. East. East. Yeah. Um, so. Get my notebook. Oh, I'll give you I a second. I had to switch notebooks. So people have been so down on Real Housewives of Atlanta, just for a little context. And I don't know how many of our little turtle cuties are actively watching Atlanta. But in a different season where people had been avid watchers of Atlanta, this reunion would have uh, broken the Bravo internet, I think, yeah. for a lot of the things that happened. Specifically, Drew Sedora, <laughs> who I am such a staunch advocate of her music career, getting the opportunity to, in bathed in blue light, in front of everyone, sing a breakup song directly to Ralph. Her. It was amazing. It, it was so amazing. Whatever producer or whoever made this decision, it does seem like it's um, jarring that this happened. And I don't think they, they have done this very often. I can only think of Kim Zolziak that yeah. got to debut a single. Has anyone else at a reunion like Sheena Shea? I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't happen often. Where or Melissa would have never done on display at the right. reunion. Like this was like... This is Drew's season. Drew has a breakup song. What if she sung it directly to Ralph while he's there? Andy, for the first time ever, sits on the couch and has to watch Drew perform. And he goes, he goes, this is my first time on the couch. Yeah. He was snuggled up next to Kenya. He was watching Drew. He just kept going, wow. Wow. He goes, he goes, he leans over to Kenya. He goes, she's singing it directly to him. And then they keep panning to Ralph's reaction. And Ralph, I swear, I know that's just his normal disposition and reaction, but that in relation to Drew singing this sad breakup song to him was the perfect uh, It was cut. amazing. It was, Ralph is just like, he looks like he is so forlorn. <laughs> and he keeps like looking away and she's very much just like clapping back at him. Like, how could you throw us away or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How could you throw us away? And they go, Ralph takes this like pregnant pause and then looks to the side. And it was just perfect cuts. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, it was- uh, it's, I, I've never seen anything like that. Especially just having, usually when men come out, there's like more than one man. It's yes. like five of them. Yes. And he was just like by himself in a tux, just having to deal. Yeah. Having to deal. Um, do we want to, do you want to, do you have other highlights or do sure. you want to go through it? I mean, I don't think there was so much minute, uh, drama they they got to that I don't think it's like all has merit but yeah well okay so it started out where it finished last week with Courtney and Drew going at it um yes. the bullshit about the kid where Andy held Courtney uh responsible for what she said um we hear our first pure fuck from the uncensored oh, yeah. version yeah. when Drew says 
keep my son's name out of your fucking mouth. Yep. Which hit like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Um, this is where Drew admits that she said Ty would have been her girl crush. Yes. Yeah, the, the Ty stuff I forgot was 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 very interesting because Candy, in a objective way, says that this happened, that uh, another per, another cast member on set brought Ty to set because of Drew's crush yeah, totally. on them. And then they hung out the entire run of production, the 10 days. Exactly. Um, and then at the break, um, Courtney and Ralph are like, it was like extremely sleazy vibes, in my opinion. Where it was giving me Fast and Furious Cousins. Totally. <laughs> she comes in and she's like, oh my God. She was like, I know that she's your wife and you love her, but like basically just saying Drew is terrible. Yeah. And they're bonding and it's just gross and sleazy. And then Drew's sister like lurks in the the hallway, in the doorway. And then she kind of tries to, Courtney tries to close the door and she goes, don't you close that door on me. And they are about to fight. Allison was so pissed. Yeah. She was like... She hates them. She was like, oh, you're calling me a bitch? So you say the word bitch now? And Courtney goes, yeah, I say the word bitch now. Uh, And then the hair and makeup people had to like shut the door on Allison. Allison was about to take a bullet for Drew. Totally. Um, Yeah. She did not like that. That was wild. I mean, I will say, like, I disliked Courtney the entire time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't think she brought anything. I feel like she's very inauthentic. Not very fun. Didn't bring a lot. Strived for moments. But (laughs) Bravo has to consider now, has to consider having Courtney back on because she is the link between Drew and Ralph. So now you can show Ralph with Courtney interacting with him and get both sides of this divorce drama that there's going to be. And Courtney is now, in a way, I think, taking on the mantle of a full-blown villain. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way that she thought this yeah. was going to be painted in sympathetic light. She knows she's against Candy, Kenya, for the most part. Like, um, So I feel like Bravo has to consider it, even though Courtney is hasn't shown a lot of merit. I'm only interested if she starts dating Ralph as a cousin. <laughs> that. Then that I'm would, in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I know, I, I'm not saying I advocate for it, and I'm not saying that Courtney would be good, but I'm saying she did justify enough through this reunion and her place in the drama between Ralph she's and Drew. She's shameless. That, she's shameless. Yeah. And and I think fully comfortable with being portrayed as a villain. Yeah. So, and we need villains. Meanwhile, Moneta is barely a friend of. Oh, it was <laughs> very sad. When she didn't Andy, need to come out. She didn't need to get all dressed up. Andy looks over to Moneta and he goes, Hey, Moneta. I just wanted to say congratulations on having that orphanage. That is so great. All right, Courtney and Moneta, you can Bye. leave. Moneta said like maybe one word. So unnecessary. Why do they make her do all that work? I think it's probably better for Moneta that she did get to appear at the reunion, but it was one of the most lackluster reunion <laughs> yeah, performances. For sure. Um, we get a quick... Um, Reminder that Kenya's movie Twa was the first black threesome ever committed to film that we know of. Yep. So we should watch that. Yeah. Uh, We have celebrated 10 years of bedroom candy. That was great. And they had this porn hub, like it was called Peach Hub. And it was all the sexual, like a sexual montage of what we have been through as Atlanta viewers. Yeah. They honor Kenya for eating booty for over 20 years. 20 years of eating booty, and we learn that candy, they they discuss what an orgy would consist of, and Andy Cohen says definitively four or more, right. and Candy says, I've been with four. Yeah. So 
under the... I guess the... that's not surprising, but sometimes I do, because uh, Candy's so, um, you know, uh, she keeps to herself. She's kind of just like a level-headed person. Yes. And it's always funny to remember that she's a real freak. I know. We never think about that. <laughs> I, I was, I, I kind of forgot. Like, I, I sort of forget that that's a part of Candy's ethos, even yeah. though she talks about it all the time. Yeah. Um, it's just you, like, it's a secret, not secret because she, she talks about it, but it's truly left in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, right. That's exactly what it is. You don't see glimpses of Candy's sexuality actually, like, she's not actively horny in the real world or in yeah. any context where we see her. I mean, her and Todd, I don't even think have ever kissed. I mean, totally. They've, they've kissed, like, but- you don't get super horny vibes between them, but from what I've, she's said, it sounds like they really keep it. It's like, Lit. it's like cameras get out of here. Me yeah. and Todd are going down to... You know who could take a page out of Candy's book is Bryn on Roni. She's all talk. If, yeah, well, I, I, I fully agree. <laughs> I know that if Bryn, for some reason, if for some godforsaken reason, they get a season two of Roni, Bryn will no longer, she won't flirt with one person ever again. <laughs> you think she learned? For sure. There will be a complete overcorrection. I want to highlight one thing about the Drew and Ty dynamic. Yeah. So I don't know why this isn't being discussed more. Like, I guess because Atlanta was just seen as a flop, so it doesn't matter to people. But Sheree received a big bundle package of of incriminating text messages that... (laughs) Uh, text messages that Drew admits are real before she even sees them. You, right. Trey got a drop off. She brings out the text. They are between Drew and Ty. And while Andy's reading them, saying, if these are real, they are they're very incriminating. incriminating. Yeah. Drew is saying, I know those texts and they're not very incriminating. Like she didn't even give a benefit of doubt that yeah. these were real. She's just fully yeah. authenticates them. Then when Candy and Kenya are reading them, Kenya's going, ah, I don't see anything incriminating. And Candy's going, wait, you would talk to someone like this? Like, it sounds like this Ty and Drew thing really did happen. Right. Like, Andy I don't know. didn't go there quite. Right. Yeah. And it's like, why don't people care that it's, that Drew, Drew has been called a liar. And I will admit that Drew lies yeah. a lot to save face. It's interesting that like this scandal is most likely real, a mm-hmm. cheating scandal, but that wasn't a part of the reunion. Right. Andy said something like, I know I wouldn't want my personal text read. So I was like, was he like doing her a solid by not pressing further? I think he, I think he felt bad that real life text messages were just seen by everyone without Doesn't, Drew. Um, Ralph get his hands on him at one point. Sheree goes like, they're behind you on the table behind the couch. A, a very funny little moment where Ralph goes, what text messages? <laughs> Can I see them, please? And Sheree goes, they're right behind you, Ralph. And he looks at them and he just like studies them and doesn't say anything about them. But it's so clear that he probably is one of the only people who has access to these text messages. Right. They keep all claiming, Kenya and everyone claim that either Courtney or Ralph, you know, dropped this this yeah. uh, incriminating text package yeah. to Sheree. It's funny, so funny that Sheree got the recipient of like It was like all- a deep throat. totally Sheree Sheree got she knew she got the she got all these props she then got the bone collector it's amazing yeah I love stupid shit like that yeah me too that was fun (laughs) um okay and then 
this is just a quick funny thing, but because I feel like Marlo and Kenya really play for Andy's attention. Yes. Marlo said that the best sex she's ever had in her life was with a Gemini. And she goes, Andy's a Gemini. And he fires right back and goes, Marlo, I thought we weren't going to tell anyone about that. And I was like, that's fun. That is, yeah, that was fun. Andy was kind of having a really good time at this reunion, I think. He was. And I think we talked about it last week where I'm wondering... Is it the love of these cast members, which I also love and I find them so entertaining, or does he also think he he has to spice up and add a little bit of fun to a otherwise sort of sleepy season? Yeah. But either way, he's giving fun, and yeah. these reunions are fun. Totally. Um, I want to say one Sonya thinks. I don't think we'll talk about her very much. Yeah. So I just want to give Sonya, when you listen, Amy and I have said we I I love Sonya. Yeah. I forget. I don't want to speak for you, but I, yeah. I love I love Sonya. She got, I think, the worst two questions I've ever heard read to a housewife that are completely on the wrong side of history that I'm shocked Andy chose. It, the first one was, well, I want to read it because it's like, it's so awful and biased. Because Sonia, can you see how poorly you treat your family members all the time and that you don't own them? I was like... Well, that was from a reader or a, like yeah. a viewer, right? Yeah, I'm just yeah. Saying, but the one that they chose, like, I was so on the side. <laughs> it was savage. That, I was so on the side that Sonia was being taken advantage of by all of her family totally. members, and she is the cash cow that they all live off. Yeah, and they treat her like shit. Yeah, and she has to get them out of their house because. Do it's you think affected. her sister submitted that question? I absolutely <laughs> do. I was like, why? Why was that the the narrative for Sonia this season that she treats? She's paying for all of them. Yeah, and the her sisters. A husband quit after two days of working for her. She was trying to make him earn his keep there yeah. and provide him with a job and give him money. And he just quit because he couldn't handle Sonya's mommy nation schedule. Right. It's like, I couldn't believe that of all questions, Sonya, who's such a good spirit and so nice, she gets this slanderous <laughs> question. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah. And, um, then, and then it was also, how can you drag Kenya after she um, did so much for your charity event? They they highlighted one moment where it was she, barely a drag. What was it about? It, it was, was about like, the it DMs. Was like, it was like Kenya, you you reacted so harshly to when Martel was in your DMs, but then you had no reaction to when Rio had commented on something on Marlo. It was like fair point. It's hypocritical. Yeah, that was just straightforward. And Who then cares? Kenya, Kenya, unfortunately, Kenya did some. You know, there's some. Kenya didn't look great this reunion. Yeah. She said. Um, well, I saw that you always, you know, claim that I'm a hypocrite, but you never talk bad about Marlo's behavior. And then Sonia goes, yes, I do. I told Marlo that she shouldn't have sent that, um, that video, that video to, uh, Tanya and that, that she should have never done that. And Kenya goes, oh, well, I don't remember that. It's like, oh, okay. So the piece of evidence that fully, um, you know, would put Sonia back on your side. Well, also with, uh, they were talking about. Um, Sonia's miscarriage and it was so sad and yeah. she was talking about the details of it and how harrowing it was and scary and she was alone and she said for the most part every single housewife like either sent her flowers or like FaceTimed her or were super supportive and helpful and nice and that like Kenya didn't say shit and she was like I did try to reach out and I'm like don't you think that if, if your friend went through something like that and they didn't like respond to you that you would yeah. like try again? Yeah. Missed call. Okay. Well, I called her <laughs> and it sounded, Sonia, uh, Kenya goes, I did call you, Sonia, very patronizingly. Yeah. And uh, Sonia goes, I would not lie about that. And yeah. it's so true. I yeah. know Sonia's uh, personality. She's not lying. She legitimately felt offended, f- offended. And I think Kenya is not a good friend to Sonia behind the no. scenes. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was sad. Um, but she's pregnant again, wishing her all the best due on Christmas day. And then Kenya revealed that instead of using her embryos, 
she's going to adopt. Which right. Do you think she really will? I don't know. I, I don't know. Th- this storyline of Kenya's. It what, felt a little like, Andy, oh, really? Andy was like, Sonya's not the only one going through fertility uh, qu- questions or whatever. Kenya also is. And it was like, yeah, she just talked about wanting to have another kid. Right. Like, very, very sparsely throughout the season. Yeah. Um, so we'll see about that. She said she wanted to adopt like a, I don't know, t- maybe a toddler or a Right, she said after older. they've walked and talked. Yeah, miss the don't have to deal of... with all that shit. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, that'd be cool if you get your. Why toys. not just like adopt a a teen, go all the way to eighteen? I think you want to have some <laughs> of that embedded love through the early years before you get to their rambunctious. I say do it all the way to the point where they're almost eighteen, and then you're done. So you just get a little, <laughs> like flit. maybe like one month. You get like one month of them in there, like. They want to fly the coop. You could teach them to drive, and then they drive away. <laughs> that I, I there is merit to what you said. Let me think about it for a little bit, and I'll come back to you. But yeah, something like that does seem good. You get to be a part of one very significant milestone. High school graduation. <laughs> hey, that would be a good concept for a movie. A high schooler doesn't have parents or something, or I don't know, maybe the you other like way the around. Blind side vibes. Huh? Like the blindside vibes? Yeah. And either one of the parties fakes or pays for someone to celebrate them at the high school graduation. Maybe it's the parents want to have a kid in high school to impress some other family members or family friends, or they lied and dug themselves into a hole that they had a kid this entire time. Yeah. So then they pay to be high school graduation, whatever. (laughs) It would be kind of like that Jennifer Lawrence movie where the parents pay her to date their son. I think I'm totally just thinking of no hard feelings. (laughs) I like that movie. I never saw it. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, how funny. Rent it. How funny. It's funny. Like a uh, seven out of 10. I was going to say seven. Whoa. That's that's high for comedy nowadays. Yeah. 6.5, seven. Depends. Six, six, I don't want to oversell it to you because I right. don't want your expectations to be high because I went in with zero expectations. And so I was like, yeah, sure. I think I have already a little bit of expectations, but it doesn't matter. So five, five out of 10 probably means like three laugh out loud moments. Okay. Six and a half. Four laugh out loud and general mirth throughout the entire viewing experience. And then nine and 10 is like Anchorman level. I don't know if you like Anchorman, but you know what I'm talking about? Like laughing the whole way through. Just dying. All right. I'll give it just to set your expectations properly. I'll say a six and a half. That's great. I like that. For ordering takeout, doing a rental. Okay. So maybe three to four laugh out louds and general mirth, like smile. Total mirth. (laughs) <laughs> a smile it's giving mirth it's giving mirth that'd be so funny if you watch the no hard feelings uh dvd comes out and it says turtle time podcast it's giving mirth would you like that yeah do you like jennifer lawrence i do well then you're already halfway in the bag i have no problem with jennifer lawrence as far as i can think now in my mind on the spot good red sparrow <laughs> intense <laughs> Using um, that prosciutto cutter on uh, skin. That movie was underrated. You liked it? I thought it was kind of fun to see how Russian spies work. Not yeah. to talk about, you know, I don't want to get into Wigs. my Russia rant again. Yeah. Wigs, that was kind of fun. <laughs> um, what was that movie where she was cold as hell? A Winter's Bone. That was like her breakout. Did you like that movie? At the time. Yeah, I never really saw it again. Yeah. Passengers, though. Never saw it. Oh, not Chris good. And the mirth scale? <laughs> One. Okay. I laughed out loud once. Mother exclamation point. Good. Good. I like that film. Yeah, Darren too. Aronofsky, a, a rare win for Aronofsky. And she dated him. 
that was, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. Um, but I like that movie. The end of Mother was so shocking to me that Mother. I almost. Yeah, when she goes, Mother! Right? The sink isn't braced yet. Is that what it was? Remember? No. People kept sitting on the goddamn sink. Oh, when because God, Javier Bardem, is throwing the wildest party she's ever so seen. So annoying. I like movies where they capture that, uh, f- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like indescribable dreamlike state. Me too. And that movie has that. For sure. And then I, I, I mean, I have to spoil it if you guys haven't seen Mother because I want to talk about it with Amy right now live while we're talking about it. We'll never talk about Mother again. <laughs> I thought when she goes to sleep and you know that I guess she's going to be repopulated or whatever, like the day starts over again after the full crux of the apocalypse happens within the house i was like okay so jennifer lawrence gets another start how are they going to do this she starts again and then the fact that it was another person that she mm-hmm. she dies in that timeline and then it's a new person that's going to have to go through this entire arc i was like whoa that just was so shocking to me that it's like that it's a relationship mm-hmm. a woman has to endure all this or, or a partner in a relationship has to endure, endure all this horror and then they just get completely replaced with someone new and yeah. they start fresh i was totally. like god damn remember i think it came out a, a similar time as phantom thread mm-hmm. and i was like the message is don't date artists exactly and it was both <laughs> it was exactly paul thomas anderson and darren aronofsky reflecting on their relationships with their significant others yeah. and, and creating a veneer mm-hmm. of an artsy movie that's really just about that yeah great wow all right well and then back to atlanta do you want to just talk about ralph because it's oh my gosh yeah is there anything you you tell me i don't want to rush our atlanta um one question do you think that candy will egot so when i knew her aspiration was egot and i found out that she only had which one did she have she has one she has GT, I think. No, no, no. I don't think so. Oh, oh maybe you're right. Sorry. Um, or was oh, she just nominated for T? I think she nominated for T. I think she has G. She just has G. Nominated and then, for T. And and so I was saying, EGOT nom needs to be a thing. Yeah. It's not fair that EGOT is pure win. winners. If you get nominated for all four, there has to be a subcategory of, of yeah. EGOT. So she's definitely going to win that. Yeah. But I didn't know that she was so close to getting a Tony and an uh, Emmy. Yeah. Right? So I was like, she is really close. Like yeah. one more production or two, a couple more productions, the past, whatever. Like she, she's closer than I thought when she made that aspiration. And I, if I trust Candy, she manifests things. And totally. She's so strategic and good at it. So I think it's possible. Yeah. She never stops working. I yeah. wish she would take a break. Um, I don't really need to talk about the Candy and Marlo back no. and forth. It's too depressing. And, and they, and they just say, they just say, um, we'll be cordial, but neither of them want their casting to be dependent on if they can't work together again. So both of them just say, um, yeah, we'll just work on this next season if we get yeah. asked back. But my favorite part about it was that um, Candy implied that Marlo was jealous of, Marlo was jealous of Candy. And um, Andy goes, are you jealous of Candy? And Marlo goes, I like a soft life. She works too much for me. And I was like, I like the soft life soft life did sound pretty idyllic i like soft life and candy likes a hard rough life too much work it's so- draining the life out of her soft life i like that chill that's amazing yeah I, marlo <laughs> marlo was very subdued and like i said last week she does not want to embrace villainy and she also doesn't want to go toe-to-toe or head-to-head with anyone so i not a good marlo performance yeah in my i agree opinion. um also kenya i 
lending to my idea I said earlier, wanting Andy's love. She goes, Andy, what do you do after a reunion? And he goes, I run to a fucking tequila. Yeah. I was like, that's fun. And then they all laugh. I like that too. I like a little um, insight into that. You know, Andy right now, as we speak, is doing the Roni reunion. Oh my God. Yeah. And then just a week ago, he did the OC reunion. So he's yeah, been running he's to tequila. Well, he said, I watched one of his Instagram stories where he's working out with Stanny. And he said that Stanny's goal of the month is to finish the book he's reading by October 1st. And Andy's goal is to majorly pull back on alcohol until BravoCon. Whoa. He did that in Daddy Diaries. Yeah. And he did it successfully for a while. Which means like he's going to fucking turn up at BravoCon. Get drunk <laughs> as hell. God, I hope we get that rare Andy interview that we want. <laughs> Andy, does Vanderpump Rules mean Lisa rules? Or <laughs> does she rule over the cast? And as they a... follow her rules. <laughs> Andy goes. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that's your fucking question. <laughs> Should we get some of those little tiny microphones like everyone uses on the internet or are those tired? Those <gasps> Let's get Bob Barker microphones. Let's be unique and get those unique. skinny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that totally brought that song. What song is that? Unique by Beyonce. Unique? Wow. That, you, yeah. You just sent that song right into my. Or is it Alien right? Superstar? That's what it's called. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, that's fine. It's still, you, you brought it to my mind. Yes, I want characteristic microphones. We, we have to, like I said, we have to get this all set up. We need like a prep, two-week prep time before. Like we yeah. should be, but anyway, yeah, we're, okay. we're going to get those Bob Barkers. So I do want to get delve into the Ralph. Yes, if, if he's you want in. To. Uh, <laughs> Drew immediately throws a peach at him. So she has multiple fruits. She has a whole fruit basket under her ass yes. on the couch. Yeah. And so she had a peach and she had a plum. I love it? that she couldn't choose one. Yeah. Like she should have just decided which one was better. Which... Well, well, I think she knew Courtney gets a plum. <laughs> and and I think it's more slanderous to say Ralph wants a peach because in Atlanta, it's such a shady thing to say that the husband wants mm-hmm. to be a housewife I mean, it's on um it's on new jersey too Teresa's biggest like e- most evil thing she can say about joe is that like he wants to be a housewife so bad yeah. you know yeah well too bad he's beloved ralph um <laughs> i was kidding yeah <laughs> uh, so okay i will say so there is evidence that that drew brings up that um ralph was cheating the whole time andy very uh impactfully and doesn't let Ralph get off the hook about the cheating rumors. He yeah. goes, have you ever in your life cheated on Drew? And he goes, there would be evidence of it. And he goes, that's not the question. And he goes, there would be evidence. The answer is no. There would be absolute evidence. Yeah. And Andy's like, not um, not taking that yeah. you know, for what it they is. They both say that they've been faithful. Right. Um, uh, Drew reveals that uh, Ralph blocked Dr. Ken. Could you imagine? Can you imagine you go to couples therapy and your husband blocks the therapist's number? Dr. Ken <laughs> texts you and he goes, how are we feeling today, Ralph? And you go, block, Dr. <laughs> Ken, right? That's awful. Oh, my God. That was insane. Yeah. Um, then, so Drew is, it's, uh, I mean, there is a lot to parse here with this Drew and Ralph. First of all, Ralph doesn't take the this time to for a while, he waits for Drew to talk for him. They, like, both give each other... Drew gives him the floor, which is right, because Ralph just came out, and Andy's asking him questions. But then yeah. Ralph defers to Drew, and they have this sort of stalemate where neither of them are talking. It's like, yeah. Ralph, it, this is your time to talk. Ralph has these very scripted lines that he brings out about how I am here to set the narrative right about what happened. Drew is a liar. All the things she's accusing me of are really what she was doing with this tie relationship. Right. 
Drew starts to bring up Ralph's infidelity, and she says that she was covering for him for a lot of the season because there are things that she didn't want her kids to see about yeah. Ralph. And I think it's almost certain we can certifiably say that Ralph has cheated on sure. Drew with all of the red the the smoke that we've yeah. seen around this. Drew brings out her phone that has a text on it that says, "Are you going to bring me back that dick?" And then uh, there's like photos, and he goes. That's a catfish. That's a catfish, which I hadn't heard for a while. Catfish. He Fun. Brought, he brought that out. Um, he says that Drew had multiple affairs, and then Ralph, and then, sorry, then Drew comes back. This was my favorite moment of the reunion. I loved it so much. <laughs> I don't know why. Drew goes, Ralph, you just told me you've been getting blowjobs around the world. And Andy goes, blowjobs around the world? And Ralph goes, look how silly that sounds. It sounds... Silly. The gaslighter of the it's, century. It's silly. And Drew goes, what's silly? And he goes, it's just something silly. That's not believable. Like he's like, that could never happen. And Andy's like, why not? <laughs> and then he's basically like, I haven't traveled around the world, so that's not possible. Right, it's just Ralph, <laughs> Ralph totally said this to Drew. He actually said this. And then he's called out on it. And he's just saying that this is a funny thing he said to be silly. And then he goes, it's absolutely not believable and andy's shocked he goes wait it's not believable to get blowjobs around the world andy's like in my experience very much (laughs) possible right i just thought it was you everyone if you didn't watch the reunion you gotta watch ralph's reaction to the blowjobs around the world coming it's just it lasts way too long (laughs) and it's too quiet while it's going on and he says silly like 10 times yeah um also he i don't know exactly what he was saying about he was implying that drew was like lying or exaggerating about the whole like chocolate city thing yeah. i don't really get what he meant and then i loved that candy's so hooked up with all entertainment like no matter who it is if someone produces a show a movie of album she has their number yep. she calls the producer of chocolate city and she's like uh are you guys looking at hiring a ralph or whatever and they're like yeah we are and she's like you are yeah and then he just said it's like that wasn't a drama drew knew where i was and she goes yeah i, I knew where you were i talked about it I, we all yeah. knew you were in vegas she's like that wasn't the mystery she was just weirded out that he was going with the producer who had rubbed hot oil on him at the <laughs> yeah. already know video yes shoot. um and he uh showed uh that he was going first of all candy's advice was if you are going to do a show like that do it during during bravo con because it will sell out and i was like calling erica jane yeah. smart we would go right yes um, and then Ralph is like, I was already there for the conference. And they showed the video where his badge says it was for IT infrastructure operations and cloud strategies. I'm glad you wrote that down. Marlo said that Ralph was involved <laughs> in technology, the technology sector. And this proves it. She sure. had a badge. I mean, it's literally, I guess, just truly IT. He just works in IT. It was giving technology to me. Same. I have no further questions. <laughs> um, I don't even want to know about the cloud. And then the crux of what, you know, breaks this, uh, it wasn't harmony, but what breaks Drew and Ralph further apart, which, you know, I found impactful, is that Drew has a moment where she says, you took my 30s from me. I thought you would come out here and you would admit to what you did, but instead you're lying in my face. You're accusing me of cheating on you. And you're, you, so basically you're using this opportunity to further throw dirt on my name, and then Ralph has, which I think was fully scripted before, his his go-to, what he was going to say no matter what, and it was, Drew, you're acting right now. And then it, it is when Drew, I felt, was being actually emotional and, and revealing herself and yeah. how she felt, and then that was just a bridge too far to say that she's acting. She's like, I'm out. 
Yeah. Can you believe that so many of the other women are like, I think they still have a chance to get back together. I'm like, they are like below level. Like they are like in hell. They're just. There's not been a, there's not been a fun moment of them on the show. No. And it's like, you can't, you can't fake that. You can't only have horrible times when they're filming and then have the best times of your life when you're not filming. It's, no. They're a horrible it's relationship. Very bad. Very they're bad. All, Ralph treats Drew like absolute shit. Yeah. He was saying, um, about the adoption thing he goes the only reasons to adopt are abuse abandonment and death i'm just like what what the hell are you you talking talking about about? (laughs) i'm like he could have just like been normal and been like i didn't want to encroach upon their biological father because he was like pursuing a relationship with them and i felt uncomfortable whatever but he had this whole like staged three-point presentation i was like you are annoying i hate you very it was very scripted it was very he had exactly what he wanted to say he offered drew nothing you know he it was yeah yeah and then while drew is gone andy's kind of giving him shit and andy goes were you getting bjs around the world and he's like no and then um he's like you know i support my wife whatever and andy's like it doesn't really read on camera to be honest and then kenya like goes after him she's like you're exactly like my ex like i'm sick of this shit um then she comes back ralph says he wants to see her happy blah 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 he sucks in my opinion oh yeah um and then drew gets ready to perform she's clearly like very upset i was surprised she could even actually do it because she was like fully about to cry yes she has to just like swallow and breathe and be like, okay, I'm yes. going to do it. And Andy's on the couch. He's like giddy. Like what the fuck is about to happen? Yeah. It was like, he was surprised too. Yeah. And then she starts and you think she's just going to do this like ballad sort of like with her eyes closed or like somber. And then she like gets up and is basically like pointing at Ralph with like every lyric blaming him. And yeah. it's like insane. It- how could you throw it all away? I don't know the lyrics like for her. Yeah. And then Andy's like, and then at a point, when Drew turns away from, she's first uh, facing Andy and Kenya, and then at certain lyrics, she just starts to look directly at Ralph, and and, and he goes, she's he can singing. feel the heat on him, and he like turns away. Yeah, and Andy has an amazing reaction of a cringe moment where Andy's watching Drew. He's like perform. grimacing. Yeah. It's amazing. Anyway, it was yeah, it it was great. Ralph's reactions are great. We already talked about it. It's just whoever it's, came up with that is yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it's it's very surreal. It's so funny that the lyrics pertain directly to Ralph and he's there witnessing it. The blue light was beautiful. Andy on the couch. Everyone has to watch it. If you haven't seen that and you didn't watch yeah. Atlanta, just watch that one moment. I think it's yeah. so fun. I just want to say it's not comparable, but after you said something about Melissa Gorga, I'm getting this creeping image that she did perform something at a reunion. Okay. It's- but I'm not sure, but it feels, I feel like I remember her performing like behind the chairs. For some reason is like too shocking to imagine like Teresa and everyone <laughs> just waiting patiently just while, Melissa, yeah. while Melissa performs. Um, but yeah, it was a fucking great reunion. It was great. It was great. And it's just like New Jersey, because we yes. just talked about New Jersey. The New Jersey season was lackluster, but then that three-part reunion was up among the top tier New Jersey I've ever seen. Atlanta was not as great as that, but still an amazing reunion. And yes. I wish, I feel like it was underrated. I wish people were celebrating Atlanta more. Me it's too. not bad. You, people just have such high, like you had for no hard feelings or me. It's <laughs> like you have too high of expectations. It can't help but fail. Right. Well, I oh, and it. then they all just say that was the most awkward thing they've seen. And yep. Andy goes, I've seen a lot of awkward things, but that is up there. Are the yeah. most awkward things he's ever seen on a reunion. Insane. And then they drink green wine and yes. cheers to health and happiness. Cool. Okay. Um, cool. All right. 
uh, blazing throne. <laughs> oh, let's skip OC. Oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> I mean, I I I didn't love OC as much as you, but let's let's just keep, we'll, highlights. We'll, yeah, major highlights okay. of OC. Um, so <laughs> I was you, like, we're almost done. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's two hours and eight minutes. You'd think we're almost done, and uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, first off, so they're at the dinner. Emily's pissed. I enjoyed Shannon opening up about John. I was like, this is all you had to ever do. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it okay, but it's like too little. Too it's late. Too, it's too late. late. And but I'm you just saying like, wild. yeah, it, I'm just like, that's all you had to do was right. be like, yeah, he doesn't like talking about his emotions and it hurts my feelings. Like, but, then that there's, was it. but then there's nothing, there's nothing huge that, that happens. It's like, he leaves me. He's in a, he's in a band, a voider and I'm a, uh, yeah. It's not consoler or whatever. I just thought I, Shannon is making too obviously too much of this thing, and Heather for some reason is still taking the brunt. Yeah, and I love Heather's react. I love Heather in this episode. Yeah, she fully now <laughs> says I am not participating in any conflict related to me for this entire trip. Yeah, and she, she basically just goes okay, like whatever. So her and Emily just had this blowout fight. Heather leaves, then gifts start to. <laughs> <laughs> arrive the worst timed gifts in yeah house she's house. like they're already monogrammed yeah right whatever right and then heather goes away only tamra follows her to check in with heather i was thinking the entire time hey heather just so you know tamra hates you more than life <laughs> itself and has been trying to destroy your reputation this entire season so yeah. do not confide in tamra at all mm-hmm. so not only does heather have no friends on the cast yeah. and no one likes her and everyone is uh uh taking any slight they can that they feel from her and running with it. But then Tamara is the only confidant she has in this moment. And Tamara is the worst offender. Totally. Like, this is all, everyone against Heather. Yeah. And I love that she was just like, I don't care anymore. Right. Yeah. I know. It seems like next week she literally says, uh, when there is conflict again, she goes, I'm done with the I, show. I, I think I, I honestly, if I was in Heather's position and I was asked back on this show, I know Heather was asked back. Like yeah. she did not, she wasn't pining for this. They wanted an OG back because they were in a casting shuffle. If I came back on a show and I was as successful as Heather and everyone was just using fake conflict against me that has absolutely no merit and I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And it was, they all just hate me. They're treating me like shit. I think you should leave. Yeah. I mean, I would never advocate for leaving in the middle of a season, but if anyone should, it's Heather because she's just being barraged by fake conflict with no merit by everyone. And they're not treating her well. Yeah. No one even wants to be friends with her. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. Um, and then, so Tamara is like, it comes out that she's, trying to dig up dirt from Ryan's ex-lover. And she says that Ryan and that girl got in a fight after Nobu. So that woman sent Tamara texts proving that they were together. And I'm like, this is all like too many details for me to keep up with when I don't really care. And also Tamara is being so judicious or whatever with limited with the information she gives it it sounds like she has every single piece of evidence of this entire cheating scandal in her bedroom and and she could pull it at any time but she's like being so sparse with it it's like when she wants to start conflict with jen again and you guys already buried the goddamn hatch i know i'm just like i don't 
understand what the point of this is. I'm like, so you're making her try to like eat shit on camera, but you're saying it's because you care about her and you don't want her yes. to make the wrong choice. And I'm like, you don't care about her. You're like humiliating you, her day after she's day. Your, she's your puppet to abuse. You yeah. brought her on this show because you had so much dirt on her that you wanted to just use strategically to make you look better on this show. And yeah. Jen is just sitting there going, what the, this is what Housewives is like? Even by I'm the just, end, like it's like happens at the end of the episode, but basically everyone at the table is like, please stop. Like Shannon's like, don't say that. Heather looks like she's like about to cry. Like everyone's like, it's, except Emily's kind of gleeful about it, which kind I'm, of was disappointing. I'm so disappointed in Emily. Yeah. Her, her, I, we talked about it last week. Her, her also getting in on this Heather feud. It's ridiculous and awful. I, I, I didn't think Emily was bringing it. I'm, I'm yeah. mad at some of the choices she's making. Totally. Um, and then Vicky, I mean, we haven't said it yet, but Vicky surpri- kind of surprises the girls. An iconic girls. entrance. Uh, they open the door and <laughs> Vicky <laughs> screams <laughs> and surprises them. And I think they were legitimately they, like, surprised. They dance in a circle for like yeah. 10 minutes. It, it, it was fun, but I'll just say this about Trace Amigas. Okay. I love Vicky. I love Shannon. I think Tamara is the worst thing to ever happen to the OC <laughs> franchise. No, I'm just kidding. But I just think she's she is the worst dynamic in the Trace Amigas dynamic. I just don't understand, though, why the Trace Amigas can't do anything other than scream, (laughs) dance, and take shots. It's like no group could ever um, sustain sustain (laughs) that amount of heightened partying. And it's like uh, Trace Amigas has become a trope now or a, a... a construct and they know that this is the only dynamic I guess that people want from the Trace Amigas that they can't even breathe for a second without <laughs> screaming at the top of the lungs so you know what I mean so Vicky is just perpetuating this dynamic I'm like it's enough like yeah. you guys can just like talk to each other yeah. or sit yeah. down and anyway I just... no, they were doing like a synchronized dance it's <laughs> like insane um I also am confused about um, the whole, I, it was boring, but the Snuffleupagus conversation, what did Heather, what was she trying Heather, to say? Well, so Heather, I think, wanted to give a little barb at Emily after Emily th- completely ran with some conflict that didn't even matter and like made Heather look like shit. Yeah. So she called her a Snuffleupagus, which I think her outfit looked like that. Bravo apparently couldn't show because of copyright what a <laughs> Snuffleupagus looked like. I needed it. PBS I, fair use. I've never needed a visual reference more in my life yeah. because they talked about it so much. And Emily said, um, Emily goes, hey, Heather, you know when you called me a Snuffleupagus? I could have taken that the wrong way. Um, and Heather basically goes, go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> Run with it. She's like, I get it. Whatever. She, yeah. It, it was awesome. Yeah. I've never seen a housewife withdrawn where you know that they're just like over the fake conflict and they just say... I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. She goes, go ahead. Yeah. Take it how you want to take it. Yeah. I called you stuff. Love, I guess it was awesome. Yeah. Heather was very powerful in that moment. Yeah. And she agreed to wear the man uh, body bathing suit. So no one could give a shit for it. Yes. Yeah. I don't get what she, what reference she was making. I think if I remember correctly, I was writing down notes. I think Emily was wearing a shiny, uh, orange I, I don't i think heather made a dumb you know a dumb reference the but problem didn't... was that it didn't quite work so i think everyone was left confused and yeah. trying to make a mountain out of a molehill just because it was like if it was an accurate reference then you could just be like i saw see what you were talking about but i was like what are you why did you pull that out of thin air yeah i think a little barb that heather didn't uh mean to imply that emily is big it just, it just, she wanted to cast a little bit of shade on Emily for how Emily treated her. And then it could have been 
way more impactful if Emily wanted to run with it and say, you just accused me of being Shrek. Like, remember when Tamara called right. Emily Shrek? Yeah, that was terrible. Awful. Um, so I did kind of enjoy that um, since Vicky's in the mix, that uh, Emily and Gina had a true foe to worry about. Like <laughs> I I loved when Vicky arrives. The It, it was giving Vicky's uh, birthday when she goes, turn around, I'm coming out or whatever, because no one except, I think, Heather claps when Vicky oh, shows yeah. up to dinner. And then... Just because we're talking about it. Vicky, so I love Vicky. We already praised her or whatever. Yeah. But I do think she was uh, grasping for uh, impact on this. So she does the, I think, worst uh, segue into talking about Jen and Ryan's relationship at the table when she's drunk as hell. And she just starts to talk about Jen, who she's barely ever met. Yeah. She starts to talk about their relationship. Everyone's like... You, so out of, out of place. She didn't even know his name. Unearned. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. That, that uh, was kind of a flop in my mind. Totally. Um, I did like that. Um, I know we're so sick of like truth or dare and stuff like that. But I love when Tamara's like, let's play truth or dare. And Vicky goes like off camera. You just hear her go, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. I like that too. <laughs> and I liked actually that it just was, it was Taylor licking Emily's nipples yeah. and then it was over. I was like, okay, yeah. I can deal with it one It didn't minute. turn into a whole thing. I can deal with 30 seconds of truth or dare. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I did like that we got a, uh, that's my opinion clip because this whole thing turned into Tamara saying she was just trying to warn Jen, mm-hmm. which is exactly what she did to Vicky. And then Vicky was trying to be like, she basically i don't know vicky was a little bit in the middle saying like but you have to learn for yourself you know like she wasn't i don't know she was kind of trying to side with Tamara, but not a hundred percent because i think she still resents Tamara for the way she did it yes um and so she was like basically Tamara's doing a that's my opinion 2.0 right and i liked the line okay so Tamara's being annoying as fuck trying to screw over jen they were going through the details of uh that girl Alex who was mm-hmm. communicating with Tamara right. and um, Heather was like, I don't really know what Tamara's trying to do, but it doesn't look like friendship to me. Yeah. And I was like, that's right. Which is absolutely true. Completely. Heather is now. Yeah. Heather is just like, so withdrawn that she's if just any, seeing everyone. I, for, if anything, I don't see how Tamara's not embarrassed at this point. Because well, everyone's just like, what are you doing? I know. And, and then it's, it's like, yeah. So our, like we're talking about now, Jen, drama comes up again jen cries yeah because she can't believe this is being talked about and then they do the thing where like they did on roni with with jenna lyons jen and jenna they do the thing where we just want you to be outspoken or just tell us things once they're crying it's like this is what we want from you so gina and emily and heather or not not heather but whoever starts to be like jen push back on her you gotta fight or whatever And it's like that's not jen's instincts like she doesn't want to do that she just can't believe that someone she considers a friend is dragging her through the muck like this yeah she doesn't need to be vocal and be outspoken and fight back but then jen does get a little bit of a spark yeah yeah she fires back that you know uh I mean, it's just sad. She had to like, um, basically they made her like, again, eat shit saying like, admit that you know that he's a bad guy right. and like that he like fucked around on you. And she basically has to say, I know and I have yeah. accepted it. Yeah. And then Jen does when she gets fired up, she's like, um, you need this to be relevant. Yeah. Which is so true. Yeah. It's exactly what we were saying. Like Tamara is, is waiting in the wings to just keep perpetuating any conflict she can grab so jen saying that is very true yeah and then jen says um something like you can continue to busy yourself in my pain yeah 
Which is true. Yeah. That's what Tamara's doing. Is this the point when Tamara pulls out the big guns and says that you ruined your whole family, which at that point everyone's like, oh my God, don't say that. That is just so typical of Tamara. Take it too far. So dark. Be awful. And she's just like, what? I'm honest. And it's like, you're a bitch. Yeah. Be smart. Stupid. I'm like, we don't know what's going on with Eddie over there. We have no clue. Eddie is like a robot that she takes out of a box every day to yeah. perform on Housewives. <laughs> he um, was on Watch What Happens Live after. I saw him. He was just like sitting I, I there. Yeah. By the way, the poll, the Watch What Happens Live poll, like 100% landslide on Jen's side, even though Tamara was the guest. That's amazing. What did Tamara, how did Tamara react? She was like, I don't care. Well, yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, they I also um, said that the poll said that Tamara was the one that talked crap at BravoCon, um, which I'm still confused about what that was even about. So, yeah, I, that's, they, they barely, they haven't brought that to, to the forefront enough for us to even care about that. So I guess my final thoughts are just that this could have been a great episode. Cause I love when they're just partying and having fun, Yeah, but there was such striving for conflict, which has been like the, the worst part of this season. Tamara bringing up Jen shit again, the Heather shit. That's like, we didn't just get to watch them have fun. And then the, what could have been the saving grace with Trace Amigas, I felt I felt like it was a little forced on Vicky's end, yeah. trying to grasp for moments, which Vicky doesn't really need that. She could have just like laid low and been fun, taking a couple shots. So I wish this episode would have been better, but like the, the hallmarks of this fake conflict dragged down the party vibe for me. Totally. Um, yeah. Um, I was enjoying it, and then the end was just dark. Yeah. Um, and then I just wanted to say I wrote down during the Trace Amigas Watch What Happens, um, it's revealed that Vicky's son Michael's ex-girlfriend is now dating Tamara's son, Ryan. Okay, yep. So Michael had a girlfriend. Yeah. She left Michael, kicked him to the curb, <laughs> or he kicked her to the yeah. curb. That new girlfriend finds love again, and yeah. it is with... Tamara's son Ryan downgrade you think Michael's king yeah Michael is so cool except for that horrific moment when he was mean to his mom when she showed up to college but I think he learned from that mistake and he became a better son I mean he owes Mm -hmm. his entire life to Vicky yeah Kodo insurance literally I mean she birthed him and then figuratively she he's the he's the he's gonna take over um, the empire the empire yeah um, Should we get Kodo insurance? I would love to just take out two plans on each other. Yeah. So that way, if one of us dies, turtle time can still continue. The way Vicky has a policy on Dawn still. I love that Vicky has that. <laughs> oh, I was going to say one last thing about Michael and Ryan, but I can't remember. And I don't think it warrants enough to even stall our Roni talk. So I'll think about that and I'll talk about it next week. Okay. Um. So yeah, let's get this over with. Okay. <laughs> so you tell me, I already shared with you and everyone knows that I am, I am have a hatred of Roni that can is unmatched in the Bravo space. What about you? Well, it's just boring. And we tried to say this, we posted a clip from our episode last week where the opening line is Roni couldn't get any worse. Yeah. And the comments were quite divisive. Right. Um, A lot of people agreeing, but a lot of people saying that the show is refreshing, new, they love it. Don't you love when shows are refreshing? Like when you watch a show and it's on HBO and you're like, that's a refreshing show. <laughs> like, what does that indicate to you? Refreshing? Yeah. I mean, I guess, again, like if we had zero expectations, 
it had no tie to I would okay oh, sorry housewives. I'm sorry I don't want to be mean you go ahead <laughs> baby wait, wait no tie to housewives and this is the sorry, first Roni. Wait, no, no 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 I'm thinking so this has no tie this no I will okay sorry go ahead I'm sorry I'm just I was trying to think if this was just a show that was not even a part of the Bravo universe and we were just watching it with no expectations I'd be like I would never watch this show but anyway. no I just mean it's like impossible to untether it from the legacy of Roni and I wonder how I would feel if this was like Real Housewives of I don't know just a third party but it would still be boring and again I truly think I think I already said this last week but I really think the problem is the casting shakeup like I swear that there was major beef going on that was interesting that they had to delete I don't I don't think so you don't think so no unfortunately I do not think so I think that is, I thought about this. I think that is sort of like the director's edit claim that people say where like a bad movie comes out and they people start to say that there's such a good Snyder edit. Cut. If the director, yeah, the Snyder cut. Like if you would have seen the original edit, it was so much better, but it got chopped to shit. I don't believe that with one extra cast member and whatever conflict they brought for the first half or the first month of shooting would have ever made this season better how it it just so happens that the one cast member that was fired was the secret <laughs> link that was powering this entire thing i mean i don't want to say that i because i know that the reason that she left there was like some dark topics explored like there was like racial stuff and like mm-hmm. stuff about like israel and like i know that there was like the rumor on the street was there was like an n-word situation which uh-huh. is awful obviously but i'm like who is this person what the fuck was going on over there yeah you know i know what I, I mean i guess i can't say that having someone like that on the show wouldn't have provided a lot more controversy and we could have been like blown away by what was happening in early season and that they are at a dearth now yeah. of talent because they don't know how to react to each other now right. that person's gone but i still I d- think i need to clarify that i don't wish that they kept that in i just think they were <laughs> left with nothing no, no, I, didn't, I, I didn't take it as that i'm i'm i i am trying to validate that theory i don't believe it because i just think if your whole cast was hinging on one other person that was providing all of the conflict and you guys were just i just feel like they would have been able to with their own merit at this point created something else but yeah. they're so have a lack of any um, spark that I have found yeah. enjoyable. Um, not enough humor. They are not. This is this is not a funny cast. This is they are they. There is no uh, Jessel. Maybe is the one who could maybe say she has a sense of humor where it's like uh, you're you're sort of yeah. What's that called? Ironically funny. You're laughing yeah. at her. Ironically, I feel like they really rely on Uba for laughs, but it's mostly just language barrier humor. Yes, and. Um, fish out of water a little yeah. bit she's just like what's going on yeah um and then she just wasn't on like half of the season so far because she had covid so yeah. um, do, do we want to declare just up front i wrote it at the very start um do we want to declare our first amy and riley's certified stinker of the week sure do you want to we don't have to is Let's it do it no now is it coming sort of it might seem <laughs> well i think i know who we're gonna say so do you want to let do it so we've been a little um, neglectful on this aspect of Turtle Time, but Amy and I, for one week, are officially <laughs> declaring Amy and Riley's certified stinker is Bryn, Bryn Whitfield. Whitfield. So much like how Vicky got, uh, what'd you get? Wife, uh, lifetime achievement. A lifetime achievement. 
we have a stinker award. Yeah. This is now, this doesn't last long. Yeah, she could redeem herself. Anyone can redeem themselves. It only lasts for one week. But unfortunately, I'm sorry, Bren, for one week, you have been officially declared Amy and Riley's certified stinker. Yeah. And why would you say Turtle Time is declaring that for one week? She's trying too hard. It's fake. She's trying too hard. She has a persona she is trying to perpetuate that seems extremely inauthentic to who she actually is. She runs with any whiff of conflict she has and treats it. Talk about making a mountain out of a molehill. That could be her tagline. Yeah. I well, I, I don't want to even think of a speculative tagline that has mountain and molehill in it. But <laughs> it, it is a how-to or what not to do if you get hired as a housewife. Yeah. it's She's not showing any of her home life. Yeah. And I feel overall this cast is so isolated with each other. It is like they're in a COVID bubble together. We have not seen much of their outside life. I'm like stifled by their dynamic when they're together because they're having, you need some like outside influences or whatever. And so Bryn has absolutely none. It's like she is a AI housewife that they tune to a Sonia Morgan <laughs> setting and send it to 12 <laughs> and she's you know what i'm talking about yeah so well also we can include in the stinker um earning that i saw this online i didn't look into it further but um so bryn popped off on a bravo right. instagram account she blocked them and said that what they were saying about her was disgusting because disgusting yeah vile they, yeah <laughs> offensive they posted memes about i don't know her being a sugar baby or oh, okay like a gold digger or whatever, because we don't know what her job is. She has not talked about it once, right? She, she did. No mention. You, yeah, no, absolutely no mention. And she goes, I showed off what I did. It's not my fault that the editors, editors are including it. It's like, I feel like if it was notable <laughs> interesting. or interesting, yeah. they would have included at least one scene. So yeah. we know what she does. Um, and she was like, my resume is, you know, rife with, uh, beautiful things. And I guess people looked into it and uh, she worked on PR uh, for BP during the oil spill. Yeah. So, you know, we, uh, in our capacity, awarding Amy and Riley certified stinker, if you did. That's on behalf of the fishes. Yeah. If you did PR for the BP oil spill, which happened uh, when was that? 2010? 11? We, We have not forgotten. Yeah. At all. But the BP oil spill. So if you did PR for BP, <laughs> you get to be for one week. Sir, and, and this doesn't mean that Amy and I dislike you. She's like Tilda Swinton in Michael Clayton. <laughs> Oscar You're right. winner. Tilda Swinton in Michael Clayton. When she's defending that miracle grow. No, no. What is it a miracle grow that causes cancer? Something like that. That was a good film. Love it. Do you remember when it's Tony Gilroy? Ooh. Do you remember him? Go on. He's kind of this guy. He wrote the Born Identity movies. Okay. And then when Gareth Edwards was making Rogue One and Kathleen Kennedy thought it was going to be utter shit, he got hired on to be a ghost director and ghost writer and finished Rogue One. Okay. And then he made beautiful Andor. And now he's kind of in the Star Wars universe. And he's, okay. he's the only one doing a good job and writing good stuff in Star Wars. Okay. Anyway. If Star Wars was more like Michael Clayton, I'd like it. Then you would love Andor. It's like a spy show that has no connection to the Star Wars universe, just good actors with the guy from E2 Mama Tambien in it. Okay. Not Gail. Uh, Diego Luna. Diego Luna. I saw him in Mexico once. You did? Yeah. He was sitting next to us at dinner. Was he being fun? He was having a good time. I think he was with his wife. 
Well, I'm proud of him regardless of what he was doing <laughs> next to you at dinner. And I think Andor is very good. Going back to Michael Clayton, I think you're exactly right that <laughs> Bryn was not only for her BP um, oil spill activity, but also because I think that she is she is mishandling her um, housewife, uh, what's that, legacy it, with yeah. the decision she's making. And they're just truly... It's all of them doing it. She's just Aaron one is, example. Aaron is the biggest. And their feud together is absolutely exhausting. We could almost give them a hybrid stinker. So I said I said this on TikTok. So sorry, but not everybody listens. You know, watches that. But Bryn and Aaron are creating so much fake conflict, and it's just bouncing off each other because both of them will not let anything that they say to each other um, die. But also, all of it is fake. So it's just this. You have to watch this shitty feud between two people that nothing was actually said yeah. or done and neither of them actually yeah, care because then Bryn is like okay so obviously i was joking about all the abe stuff but i will apologize for calling your birthday or your anniversary yeah. boring and aaron goes i'm so, wait i'm so confused yeah it's like what are you confused about i was like, like i can't do this anymore and then uva tried to like get it going again by saying that like she would be yeah. pissed off if someone did that to her husband and i'm like Everything you've shown us so far shows that you're like joke about everything. So I don't think you would be pissed. No. Like, oh, oh my God. And that dinner, like if we're getting into it specifically, that sunshine shack uh, <laughs> dinner was yeah. 18 minutes long. Oh my God. I or- loved that. Okay. I hate Sai being obsessed with food, but I love that she was like, I'm not waiting to order. And no. Aaron goes, wait, no. We're still talking. She's, and since, since, everyone just continues to order. And she's like, no, we're not, we're not done here. Since when do you delay food ordering because you're perpetuating some garbage conflict She clearly at the was table. like, we're in the middle of a scene. Sai, and Sai was like, I'm over it. Let's kill yeah, them. Yeah, she's I, like, I was, I'm going to get the fish. Then like, uh, Bryn's like, all right, well, I'll order then. I'm going to get the lobster. Sai, there was a lot of merit in Sai <laughs> just getting that. It was giving Heather Dubrow on OC where it's just like, let's go. Yeah. I am done. But I think... I, the pacing of this show is also to blame. It's not only boring and fake conflict. These scenes last way too long. When we were watching season three, episode one of Vanderpump Rules, that yeah. thing moved like a fucking freight train. Two minute scenes. You're like yeah. partying. You're going crazy. Roni has such little content, I think, that it has yeah. merit that they have to stretch these scenes out for so long. The pacing is like, whoa, are we watching mm-hmm. a dinner in real time? It like was. Yeah. Also, Bryn um, said that she was trying to do a Larry David bit. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, uh, um, yeah, Larry David. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you have a misunderstanding of Larry David's ethos. <laughs> the feeling when you watch one episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. She's like, I'm a cool girl. I watch Curb. Yeah. Um, And then they all try and make Jenna kill herself. <laughs> yeah. So then the the fake conflict Ray gets turned away from Bryn. It was on Psy for a second, and then it gets turned to Jenna. Yeah. Like, hey, what about that coach thing we were talking about last night? Should we talk about that more? It's like, yeah, let's go for it. And, and then Jenna is like, I didn't actually mean that about coach. I'm sorry you guys are all offended. I don't know what to do for you. And then Bryn, mountain out of a molehill, certified stinker of the week, goes, we have such a problem with the fact that you would tell a stranger your real name and I've cried and shaken on your shoulder and you wouldn't tell me <laughs> that your real name is Judith. She's like, like you give us gifts instead of connecting. There She's is like, not huh? there is not 1% of Bryn that actually feels this way. That is a huge problem. This yeah. is this is not how Bryn feels. No. Yeah, and even sigh too is like Jenna, you exclude yourself. Yeah. And I'm like 
she hasn't even had time to exclude herself. Like none of you are even close. So it doesn't make sense. And then Jenna, you know, starts getting like emotional. She admits that she's been fucked over so many times because guess what? She's famous and can't trust anyone. Right. And uh, had her, she was outed by the New York post or whatever. So she's like valid in that area. Um, she's very clearly about to cry. Then everyone starts to feel bad and they start to call her out and be like, oh no, oh no, are you okay? Then they also do the thing, the, the, the thing, this is what we wanted from you. If you could just do this all the time, like we'd be in a great place. Yeah, it's like, great. Yeah, if you could just break down and cry from our barrage of horrible <laughs> fake insults at you and yeah. cry every time, it was, it was awful. Yeah. I also feel like, um, so then she goes on to talk about what she's mentioned before, but that her mom had like severe Asperger's and that she lived basically in a a house that had to be completely silent at all times, which sounds extremely traumatic. It was giving Fanny and Alexander. Have you ever ever seen that film? I have it recorded on my DVR. You got to watch it because they go from a fun Christmas filled, lighthearted, fun house. And then when the parents get divorced, the stepdad they go to is this austere religious man who allows no fun in the house. And he has bare walls it's like reverse sound of music exactly right (laughs) anyway it if who if our little turtle cuties have watched fanny and alexander tell me if that was an okay pull or reference but it was giving (laughs) what do i keep saying i gotta stop saying it's giving um (laughs) that's probably my fault (laughs) um i did like i thought sai had a good line though because Jenna was like, I don't want to make this like a sob story, or whatever. And Sai goes, it's not a sob story. It's your story. That was cool. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Was, that was kind of nice. But yeah. I also know, though, even though we have to give carte blanche credit to when people reveal traumatizing things that about their seems past, to be the only thing that this show has I is wish, that they keep yes. crying about their childhood. Yes. It's like, oh, I give you... Uh, clearance for that i emotionally am invested in trauma but can it be a little placed more strategically and be more organic <laughs> instead of just earned instead of just let's all do this now at yeah. this time like uba even tried she was like we had no oil in my household to make <laughs> oil lamps people go oh that's sad yeah good and then they gave jessel the clown edit when they were like Wonk. what about your childhood yes. and it was like they played you, yeah. the like idiot music. Yeah, lo- they did the long talk edit, which if you're a housewife, you never, ever want to get the long the talk Dorit. edit. Oh, you get the Dorit. Uh, Lisa Barlow, I feel like, got one too Yeah, recently. Yeah. You know, she's talking about how her parents were born in Kenya, which was interesting. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, but then she added like all these crazy details. And then, you know, ultimately her story is that she was born and raised in London, which right. is not that interesting. And then she's talking about like her uncle and fashion and all this when everyone Miyamoto? else. Was it like, it was like Shigeru Miyamoto uh, like oh. discovered her parents and started to take photographs of them or something. Yeah. And then there's she, a lot of details. And even Jenna is so sympathetic and nice, but even when Jenna cast dispersion in the um, confessionals, you know, it was a really horrible moment in real yeah. time because Jenna is pretty, um, not quick to like yeah. provide shade. So it must've been a really long, awkward talk. Of totally. Jessel just ranting. And it sounds like on the next episode, they're going to scream at Jessel for having a shitty childhood story. I think so too. <laughs> well, I mean, Hey, they've got to work with what they have and yep. that's, they have to make that a big deal. Um, do you, is there anything of note at the beach besides that I think it was the first time they have tried to pretend to have fun with each other in any context, in any place? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, there was the the sunlight on your vagina, your yoni. Yes. There was coconuts covering breasts. There was photos, which was which was like reminiscent of Alex McCord getting her photo taken by Kelly Ben Simone. Yep. Um, but um, I, I just I want to be I want to be honest and just say that it didn't actually look fun. No. Um. Yeah, they. I mean, the photos looked good. <laughs> no, I mean, they can take a great photo. Um, I did want to just say that I was... So Uba started talking about a WAP, a.k.a. a wet-ass pussy. Right. And it was revealed that Aaron is the youngest person on the cast at 35 years old. Yes. I was shaken to my core. Me too. Um, I don't want to speculate on people's ages. I know people don't typically like that. But for some We're reason... vibe-wise. Well, I'm 37. Yeah. And so when I learn people's ages i unfortunately selfishly think of myself yeah and um yeah i was also surprised i won't say why that aaron is was 35 and the youngest younger than uba yeah younger than bryn bryn i guess bryn Bryn de facto acts the youngest and she's single and And i think being youthful is a part of her identity so it's like it is shocking but yeah she doesn't know what a wet ass pussy was and jenna is in tune with culture and knew that she knows about it yeah um also at breakfast again the next morning after the dinner jenna like cries again yes she like cannot it get it's just a true glimpse into probably how most normal people would react to being in a hellhole of a housewives vacation it's it's how it's how jen's reacting in oc there's a lot of parallels it's like i got on a show this is what it's like Everyone just... It's hell. It's hell. Everyone, if you're the target, they just uh, pounce on you for any little egregious or like yeah. minor thing you do. It's awful. Yeah. And, and well, whatever. It's like, I can't say it enough that it's not earned and it's not what they actually think. None of them actually care about anything. Aaron especially. She does not care that Bryn flirted with Abe. No. She, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, then Jenna, because she's upset... I forget why, but she talks about her mean grandma and then it transi- transitions to Sai talking about how her mom was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's really sad. Like it was a sad story and everyone at the table was crying, but I was like, that's just the only thing that's been happening on this show so far is one by one them talking about their yes. sad childhoods. And I'm like, I wish that it would be more of a surprise. Like, remember, like it took so long for Ramona um, remember to reveal her like crazy that's, childhood. That's exactly what I was thinking. And you're when, like, whoa. When you learn more about Ramona, it is so far in the future because she didn't rely. Well, I'm not saying rely, but she didn't need necessarily to open up. When it happened, she was she wanted to open up to yeah. whoever she was talking to. And it was interesting because you're like, oh, that's why you're like that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I just think that they are, they, this is a strategic usage of what they think housewives uh, formula is. And when the conflict is dying on the vine, they're like, let's, do this you know yeah. and so yeah and then basically the last conflict that happens again is Bree and Aaron Bryn and Aaron yes um she says that she went to freeze her eggs and that the doctor was like embryos actually are better bang for your buck um and she said that she was like flipping through her phone being like hmm like whose sperm could I use to make they an embryo said, she said they said go through your phone <laughs> and get some guy over here to start which definitely I'm like I feel like there's something in the middle uh, between the truth and her version of the story. But Aaron is like, that's a weird lie. That's such a weird lie to say. Yeah. It was clearly another stand-up bit where it had truth, but also a little bit of embellishment, like Jenna said. But Aaron, of course, can't let anything go without 
having to have something to talk about. But then they resolve it within a minute. It goes two hours later. Bran goes and just goes, uh, hey, I forgive you for what you said. And Aaron goes, I love you so much, Bran. I really love you. I'm like, what Jesus. the hell is that? Wait, what? You guys really love each other? I thought, I thought you hated each other. I thought you don't know each other. But yeah, Bryn's like, I'm not going to dinner, but I don't want you to think that it's because of you. Right. And then, I mean, I guess at least they didn't turn that into a thing because that could have been really annoying. I think Bryn, Bryn, more than Aaron, is realizing there's a limit to how how small of a thing they can make into a big deal. Yeah. And I was fortunate. Bryn's already done it so egregiously that I can't forgive her. I mean, she's our certified stinker. Yeah. But I'm glad, at least in this instance, she said, let's just let this die. Please, let's not talk about this anymore. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. And so next week, Sai gets mad at Jessel for her childhood story. And Uba and Aaron are arguing, which maybe will be interesting. She snatches her sunglasses off of her face. Yeah. I'm excited to see what provokes Uba to a state of near fighting. Because yeah. it doesn't seem like it seems far from her character. I did. I will give Uba credit that I liked her natural reaction to a bunch of hair flying in their food. Oh, yeah. And she started gagging. Like Vicky style. Yeah. It's like that. those moments of like chaos and gross out stuff and like silly stuff that would have been on old Rony. This Rony has none of it because it has too much of a fashionable sheen or whatever, wealthy sheen that they want. So I liked this like gross food thing being included there. It just seemed like real. Yeah. If anything, I feel like this show actually could benefit from more if the, what they want to go for is that they're shiny New Yorkers living these cosmopolitan lifestyles, then like lean into their careers more. Right. Like, I want to see like Jenna's like real fashion shit. Like that yeah. eyelash photo shoot was boring. I was like, show me something cool. Like actually I would love to learn more about her Rockefeller Plaza deal or right. like, like you, had that. you know, her you had- like inner workings in like the upper echelons of fashion and like real estate with Aaron. Like I'm like, show me like the down and dirty why they're wheelers and dealers then, yes. you know? Yeah, for sure. And then I think... You know, like I said earlier, I need to see some other people in this universe, like friend ofs mm-hmm. or actual genuine friends that can show your personality in a different context. Right. I mean, when Bryn had that with that Hugh Grant guy, yeah. I was like, okay, I don't need to see any more of this. But yeah. it, they feel very cloistered together. Mm-hmm. And um, they're not entertaining enough to just have the focus on them yeah. all the time. So whatever, I mean... Oh, oh, so let's end this conversation quickly just because I, I have the seating chart. I don't know if you saw oh, it. yeah, for the but, reunion. Yeah, so it's it's Aaron and Jessel are to the left and right of Andy, first chairs. Okay. Bryn and Jenna were down one chair, so second chair, mm-hmm. and then furthest away from Andy is Uba and Sai. So wow. do, you, do you take a lot Cy of... I bet Sai was pissed about that. For sure. Do you take <laughs> stock in, in the placement of people? Like, because people have a lot I of theories. I think it matters. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I guess, I guess that I almost am surprised. Of course. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
and I had to be closer because she's like the star. But I feel like if that was not a factor, she'd be on the end. Yeah. Right? Right. So like she almost got bumped up one. They knew she couldn't be first chair. Yeah. But they didn't want to give her dead last. Yeah. I don't know. And then, you know. I'm surprised, I'm, kind of surprised size on the end, but. Yeah. And then I, I'm trying to imagine, you know, what this reunion will be like given what we've seen from them. Right. Nine episodes of this, and I can't think of one legitimate thing they should really... Do you really think it's going to be two parts? Someone, what if it was one part? Someone commented very f- silly, sillily, very... Um, they said that it's going to be the first 30-minute reunion in Bravo history. <laughs> they should just do it in the clubhouse like old times. I think so, too. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to be too disparaging, but I, I, I do not know what they are going to talk about at this reunion so right. far. I know Andy's going to give it his all, that's for sure. Yeah, I think he's going to be turned up to a a degree to which we have not seen before. So, right. well, how do you feel overall about this episode of Turtle Time? <laughs> I think it was good. We had some laughs. Dude, we did win. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, there was some, right? We laughed. <laughs> we laughed. We did? I think. Yeah, we laughed. We, we declared a certified stinker. Yeah. Bren, obviously, as is the custom, when you're awarded a certified stinker, you have two days to respond and give your evidence for why you shouldn't be declared that. If you do not respond in two days, a week goes by where you were certified a stinker for that long. And then seven days it renews. You are off the hook and a fresh person becomes stinker. Yes. I abide by that. And it's not an indictment of her personality. And I'm not saying, you know, anything other than (laughs) this is just a, she's almost a victim to the series. Yes. It's not your fault, Bren. And we welcome a response from you. <laughs> she might block us. Bren, don't block us. This is constructive criticism. That's what yeah. Turtle Time is all about. We know you're not a sugar baby. You work I, for the big oil. We haven't even... Yeah, <laughs> right. We knew you were a big oil baby. We have <laughs> never, ever said one thing about sugar baby. No. Right? We're not even... No. This is the... I, I like to say this a lot, but we're the only objective Bravo podcast. It's true. All, all right. right. Well, I as we wind down, I, I just want to say, Amy, I don't know if you agree with this, but... The little turtle cuties that listen, there is no one in my life that I love more besides the friends and family of people I know. Yeah, I I agree. <laughs> and if you want to support what Amy and I do as the Turtle Time Collective, I think the best way, if you ever love what you listen to today, I think joining our Patreon is yeah. a fun way to talk about Vanderpump Rules, but also get little glimpses behind the scenes of the Turtle Time universe. And you know, I think we're recapping Vanderpump Rules at a very interesting time when a lot of new things have come to light and it's a new lens on Vanderpump Rules. It's true. I love all of the shit that's on Bravo right now, but nothing gets me more excited than talking about seasons, early seasons of Vanderpump. Yeah. It's just each one hits like a ton of bricks and they're so impactful and fun and we're barely just scratching the surface of this. So that's yeah. it. And then rate and review. I mean, we already have the best reviews in the world. I can't yeah. even ask for more. They're <laughs> wonderful and beautiful. But if you feel compelled to do that, that would be amazing. Amy and I are going to go to sleep. Yes. And then we are going to come back in one week and talk about all this other shit in Southern Charm for the first time. Yes, next week. I can't wait to see what the hell Craig and Shep and Austin Ba-ba-do. have been up to. Baba do. So go to bed and wake up in one week and you'll be ready for the next turtle time. Good night. Good night. <laughs> this one's for you tonight.